With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Act 2 of the NBA Finals and all that drama from Game 1. Gonzo, a dullard in the NBA. Welcome in the beginning of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance, just visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Halfway to a sweep in the NBA Finals. The El Prediction, uh, all all predictions, all experts, uh, well, not all, but there were some dopes that picked the, uh, the Cavaliers, but most agreed that the Warriors clearly the better team, and that was on display in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, a 33-point effort by Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, 26, the Cleveland Cadavers playing like the Cadavers, and the Warriors are up 2-0 in the finals and on their way, well on their way, to another NBA championship, which will be the third and fourth year uh, in four years, which will be, oh, my God, so exciting. Uh, so uh, the uh, the story here is really a lopsided game, although it wasn't lopsided for three and a half quarters. The full throttle happened late. So what are the big takeaways from Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Now, my thoughts on this, you've got arm's length, the butter knife, and epic. All right? And we'll tie all this together. Number one, it was not a masterpiece by Golden State, although some laying it out as a masterpiece. Steph Curry didn't shoot the ball all that well for the first 
eh, 36 minutes or so of the game. And you you look for the Warriors to, to hit the turbo time button. They didn't really do it until late in the game. The full onslaught against Cleveland didn't happen for the first three quarters of the game. And yet, despite that, the Warriors have a 2-0 lead, and they're on their way in the NBA Finals. In, in the game that Golden State shot lights out early, again, they were shooting 65% the first part of the game, and they only had an 11-point lead at halftime. The secondary attack did not take place until the late stages. The Warriors and the Cavs were side-by-side. Side. Now, the Warriors did keep the Cavs at arm's length. If you saw the game, you know what I'm talking about, for five, roughly 43 of the 48 minutes. And they ended up, at the very end there, going kaboom. Uh, at the at the end, and you know, Stephen Curry, in game two, the first three quarters, he had 17 points. He took 18 shots. I'm seeing all these wonderful, heartfelt stories that are being spewed out on the interweb celebrating Steph Curry, but for three quarters, he had 17 points on 18 shots. He took 12 three-point shots. He made four of them. Now, it is correct, in the fourth quarter, uh, he was good. He had 16 points on eight shots, five of five from three-point range. But let's not pretend like the first three quarters of the, the game that Steph Curry was lights out. He wasn't, and... He's being celebrated and trumpeted for breaking Ray Allen's single-game finals record of three-pointers. And he also passed LeBron on the all-time list. And, uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, but I, I didn't think it was an overwhelmingly dominating performance. Did you think it was an overwhelmingly dominating performance by Steph Curry? I didn't think that. I mean, the Cavs suck. It's an embarrassment. It's a disgrace. Every time I look at the Cavs, I, I'm disgusted with the Celtics. I'm disgusted with the Pacers that we have to watch this dreck in the NBA Finals, the Cavaliers. It's embarrassing. Steph Curry made nine three-point shots. The entire Cavalier team, the Cadavers, made nine. That's your NBA Finals game two right there. Bump, bam, done. Nine for Steph Curry, three-point shots. The entire Cavs team had nine. Now, the second part of this, as we discussed Game 2 of the NBA Finals, Golden State, did they make some adjustments? Sure. Was it obvious that they, the, the primary effort by the Golden State Warriors was to at least make LeBron run around more and have some sweat going down his forehead and that disgusting blood clot eye that he has, that, that horror show of a face LeBron brought out there with his beautiful purse. Uh, I mean, a beautiful purse, but the face, my God. And so, sure enough, Golden State, they, were, they forced LeBron to spread the, spread the love around, and he ended up with 13 assists. And the strategy was the, the benefit of Golden State, right? Because if LeBron's not shooting the ball all the time, then stiffs like George Hill and Kevin Love and shout-out J.R. Smith, Kristen Kardashian, they're all shooting the ball instead of LeBron. And, and you, you can't help but watch this matchup and have the same thought you had prior to the matchup when you were looking at what was going to happen after two games. Two games of the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors come at you with a samurai sword. The Cavaliers, they retaliate with a very dull butter knife. That's the matchup. You got one person with a samurai sword, the other one holding a dull butter knife, and wait, but wait, a plastic dull butter knife. Not even a metal one. A plastic dull butter knife. That's the Cavaliers right there. That's it. In Cleveland, they didn't play with the same enthusiasm and gusto they had in game one, and, and all the credit for that goes to J.R. Smith, who literally sucked the air 
out of the Cavaliers balloon, right? Cleveland, they've got a plotting offense compared to the Golden State attack. And Golden State really hasn't been in full throttle mode the first couple games of the NBA Finals. But compared to what Cleveland does, it's a night and day situation. Now, the last thing here, after the drama of game run, one, the mellow drama of J.R. Smith and all of that at the end of the game and him lying and LeBron lying and all these guys, you know, the only one that was honest was Ty Lue. Uh, you had LeBron grab his man purse and walk out of the press conference storming off. I mean, all these stupid, dopey things that happened. Uh, This was none of that. This was none of that. It was an epic mismatch. The the Warriors led, uh, lead the finals now 2-0, third straight year heading into Cleveland. They've outscored the Cavaliers, Golden State has, by 29 points in the first two games of the NBA Finals. They're two wins away from that third championship in four years, and yet you have some dopes, well, it's, it's going to be different now. It's going to be different going back to Cleveland and all. Really? How is it going to be different? I, I understand that the officiating will be an obstacle and a roadblock, and that's traditionally how the NBA has done it. There are nefarious ways here that, uh, amazingly, all the calls seem to go to the home team down two games in the NBA Finals. But even with that, I mean, it's just stunning how lopsided from a talent standpoint, this—I mean, we knew it was going to be bad. And it's been as bad as you expected, which makes it all the more shocking that Cleveland had a chance to win the game in Game One, considering the clear talent disparity. All right, let's hear from some of the combatants here. Ty Lu, the head coach, who's battling anxiety there, and this is not going to help his condition. The coach of the Cavaliers and uh, the goal with Steph Curry. What is the goal there? Explain the goal. I'm sure you have it all figured out because you're not really coaching the team. LeBron is. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he makes tough shots. That's what he does. And um, even switching the pick and roll, you know, having a five-man guard him, you know, it makes a move. You get a good contest. But once he releases it, he sees the basket, you know. He's going to make tough shots. That's what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. And you, of course, have nobody that can do that uh, for the most part. Right, here's uh, LeBron James. Now, nobody plays the woe-is-me card better than LeBron James. Can we all agree on that? Like, in the history of the NBA – if you were to say who is the woe is me guy, it is the victim mentality is LeBron James. Right? He's got this, the world's out to get him. There's this persecution complex, and it's against LeBron James. And he was at it again at the dais after the Cavaliers' latest NBA Finals loss, and LeBron laying it on thick. It's the world against LeBron. The odds have been against me since. I don't know, since I was five, six years old. You know, we're talking about basketball here. You know, I put our, our team in position uh, to try to win a championship, to compete for a championship. You know, it's my job to make sure that we're as, as focused, as laser-focused as possible. <laughs> yes, the LeBron who won the genetic lottery, the odds have been against him since the age of five. <laughs> the odds have been against him. Play that again. Is this the definition of the victim mentality by LeBron James? I mean, this is everything I hate. I mean, I can't stand it. But listen to this. The odds have been against me since, I don't know, since I was five, six years old. <laughs> you know, we're talking about basketball here. You know, I put our, our team in position uh, to try to win a championship, to compete for a championship. You know, it's my job to make sure that we're as, as focused, as laser-focused as possible. Choo-choo. Hey, LeBron's the conductor of the pity train, right? He's the conductor of the pity train. It just derailed at the interception of suck it up, LeBron, and move on. How about that? <laughs> it's, just, it's just great.
Oh, everything's against me. The world's out to get me. Oh, what a nightmare. Oh, it's going to be fun when they lose, though. At least, at least they're going to lose. That'll be good. And then LeBron will get on the dais and he'll talk about, well, I've got my family that loves me and I've got a quarter of a billion dollars and I'll go make some crappy Hollywood movies and uh, good night. I'm out of here. All right, here's more from uh, Mr. Pottyface him, himself, LeBron James. Uh, LeBron, you've got to be very happy. You're used to losing in the finals. Next to Jerry West, you're the greatest loser in NBA Finals history, so you've got to be used to it by now, yes? I mean, it sucks oh. to lose. It sucks when you oh. go out there and you okay. give it everything that you have and, yeah. you know, and you prep. You know, your mind is in it and your body is in it, um, and you come out on a losing end. But nothing would ever take the love of the game away from me. I think the competition is something I live for, something I wake up every day and train my body for and train my mind for. Love of the game. It's like a bad Hollywood movie there itself. Uh, all right. Uh, very good. We will take your phone calls. If you would like to talk about anything that happened in game two, you're more than welcome. The And we will uh, we will have full in-depth team coverage later in hour number three. One of the great scandals uncovered in American sport and the mainstream media, which is in the tank with this guy, completely ignored it. But we will not ignore it here. Through the cover of darkness, we will a- be able to dance on the grave of the Fallen Peyton Manning. What a scumbag Peyton Manning is. And if you had any doubt about it, if you had any questions about what a loser Peyton Manning, what a liar Peyton Manning is, over the weekend, uh, new details coming out. What a, How could anybody have a Peyton Manning jersey? How could you support this guy? What a scumbag. There's a lot of people that supported Peyton Manning that I guess they didn't realize what kind of dirtbag Peyton Manning was. But it's all come out. And we will have a, a complete coverage in hour number three. We'll have in-depth team coverage. We look forward to that. But we'll take your calls now about the NBA Finals up until then. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. You can be part of all this. And we say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Judas Garcia, who's right over there. Have the odds been against you since you were five years old, Eddie? Have the odds been against you like they're against LeBron James? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, the yeah. things I've overcome to be here on this microphone, it's just uh, it's unbelievable. Living yeah. the dream. Absolutely. Yes. Of course, we should. The mean streets of uh, Porterville, California. We should overlook the fact that LeBron drove a uh, BMW in high school. We should overlook that. Was it a Hummer? I forget. I forget. Well, we all, I mean, we all did that. I yes. Mean, come on. Absolutely. Clearly. But the, the things are stacked against him. I don't know. I've, I feel so bad for LeBron. How does he get out of bed in the morning? It's a shock. It, it, he's, a, he's a testament to us all. I mean, yeah. if, if LeBron can do it, then, you know, I mean. I agree. I mean, it's very tough. Inspiration for all mankind. It is not easy when you're 6'9 and 270 pounds to play basketball at a high level. It's, uh, it's, it's really just stunning that he's been able to do it. Uh, and I'm so happy for LeBron. I'm so excited that he was able to do it and overcome the odds. It's just stunning. Uh, it really is. I, I would agree with you for what it's worth that uh, I, I, you know, Golden State has not been, I don't think, at their best. Uh, but you know, LeBron scores 51 in Game One, and Cleveland still can't win. And they actually outscored Golden State in the third quarter of Game Two, which is it seems like it's always the quarter that where Golden State actually puts teams away or has the big run to get them to win, and they and Cleveland still can't win. So, I don't know. I mean, I know they go back home, and usually, uh, you know, you get a bump from that. But, uh, I, I like I, like you said, I, I don't think Golden State has played their best yeah, game yet. Yeah. They don't have to. No, you're right. They don't have Cleveland to. Cleveland is such a bunch of pushovers. This is such a feeble opponent. 
such a mismatch. This is easy pickings for the Golden State Warriors is what it is. And and when they play like you – know, they didn't even play that bad in game one, but they gave Cleveland an opportunity at the end. And the Cavs, you know, it turns out to be amateur hour at the end with J.R. Smith at the end of that particular game. Uh, so, again, we'll take your calls, 877-99 on Fox, if you'd like to be part, 877-996-6369. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller, and we'll call this one a very warm welcome. We'll get to that, and we'll do it next. On the Ben Maller Show, we specialize in sarcasm, snark, and satire. All things needed to survive the shady late-night characters on Twitter. Let your thoughts be heard by the masses under the cover of the microblogging website. Follow Ben on Twitter. He's at Ben Maller. And you can tweet at and follow me, Eddie Garcia. I'm at Eddie on Fox. Go, King Eddie. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. Well, I was, I was partially right. I eventually got to the Hummer uh, that LeBron was driving in high school. Uh, yeah, and if you want, there's a story I just reposted. It's years old, but it's uh, there was this great debate on the uh, the TV shows back in the day about whether or not when LeBron was in high school, whether it was okay for amateur athletes to uh, receive gifts like that. LeBron was driving around a fifty thousand dollar Hummer. In high school, and you've got to watch the video. It's like a ten-minute clip, but there's there's a beginning scene where they show the Hummer outside of the high school in Ohio, and it's you know it's a snowy day in Akron, and then the snowflakes are coming down, and there's LeBron's Hummer parked in front of the high school. Just uh, just outstanding. But hey, the odds have been against him, so I'm glad that he was able to make it. I'm glad that he was able to to overcome the odds. And, and make it uh, tremendous. Uh, Ernie says, Ben, with the odds against the Cavs since LeBron was five years old and it being three straight games at home, will they win at least one game? And also, supposedly, LeBron is calling his Merce a traveling bag. Is uh, is that in short for a tea bag? he says. All right, well, we'll have to ask Peyton Manning about that because Peyton knows all about tea bags. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, will the Cavs win one? Yes. I, I say the Cavaliers will win game three. Not that they have any business winning game three, but it's better for the NBA, the currency of the NBA, which is television advertising, to have this go five or six games. So it's in the best interest of those involved to have the NBA Finals go at least five. The four-game thing's not good. So I'll say the Cavaliers win game three. That that's how it goes down. If you would like to join us, 877-99 on Fox is the number. And now we go to the reigning caller of the year, a man who's never threatened to sue me. He's never done hard drugs and tweeted me about it ever before because the man's all about entertainment. We go to New York City. Make way, make way. Here he comes. Caller of the year on the Ben Maller Show. Real talk. Boom, 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 boom. Bringing it, bringing it, bringing it. The odds are against you as a caller, but you continue to come through real talk despite the deck being stacked against you. It's so hard to be me. Everyone's always asking, you know, fighting rich and they could be called a year. I don't know what's so hard. I got three called a year bennies in my house. I got three big trophies in my house. I don't know what's so hard about it. Well, you know listen, everyone's, everyone wants you to go down. They don't like the hype. They don't like the fanfare <laughs> that you get here. They're jealous of you. They can't handle that. You're such a celebrity. 
man, did you see the way Golden State put it on Cleveland? That was like, with minimum effort. They whooped their ass all over the court. That was beautiful. You see, yo, you saw Steph Curry? That's like the most three-pointers ever in a game, man. He just dropped them all over them. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, did you actually watch the game, Real Talk? I don't think you watched the game. It was, it was, no, I didn't watch the game. Yeah, I you didn't watch the game. He just, just, just parroting what I said. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Listen, it was, uh, it was a debacle in the fourth quarter. Like, it, it was close for like, uh, what do you think, 43 minutes it was a close game, and then the last, yeah. All right. You know the best part of this game is, though, you know it's, it's, killing, it's killing the Houston fans because that could have been them. It would have been them. You know, listen, it would have been them, but the, the bunch of failures in Houston. They went out and got a damaged <laughs> point guard named Chris Paul. Oh, my God. He failed in the playoffs. That's never <laughs> happened before to Chris Paul. The washout, Chris Paul. <laughs> I know, I'm going to feel bad for my little homie, Chris in Houston. I know he's killing him and his squad could do it. And they never going to do it as long as, as long as Golden State putting it yeah, down. Yeah, the, the Rockets are a second-rate franchise. Yes, They're sir. not going to win anything in the Western mm-hmm. Conference never, in this never, era. Never. It's over for them. They know that. And, they, and you know, they're hanging their hat on an injury prone point guard who they're desperately trying to resign. They're screwed, real talk. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Yes, sir. And then, one thing we can always be sure the Ben Maller Show is the top show ever there, ever there was in sports radio. They keep doing your thing. I'm going to holler at you. And that's the real talk for that ass. Boom, 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 boom. boom. All right, there you go. We put on hiatus, real talk, until his next call later in the week. So We mentioned a warm welcome. Now, real talk doesn't know this because he didn't watch the NBA Finals, but if you're watching the NBA Finals from start to finish, you're a glutton for punishment. You're a glutton for punishment. That's number one. Number two, J.R. Smith getting a rousing ovation from the Warrior fans uh, when they did the starting lineup, which you'd expect, right? I mean, this is a, if there's anyone who's responsible for the Golden State Warriors winning game one. It is J.R. Smith. He, he's the MVP. He gets the game ball. His basketball IQ at the end was so wonderful. It was great. And then when he was attempting foul shots, I don't know, do we have the audio on this? He was attempting some foul shots. Listen to the crowd here in the background when J.R. Smith is at the charity strip. Listen to what the, the Bay Area fans are doing. They're, they're welcoming J.R. Smith. He's doing some MVP chants. From the Warriors fans. Yeah, it was even better if we played the whole clip at the beginning of it. They were chanting MVP, MVP, and the idiots broadcasting the game weren't even paying attention. And at the very end, I, somebody must have told Mike Breen, hey, robot, uh, they're chanting MVP. You might want to mention it. And then he finally mentioned it there at the end. But they, they, they were doing it for, uh, for five, six, seven seconds. They were chanting MVP, MVP while J.R. Smith was at the line. A warm Bay Area welcome. And uh, they ought to invite him. He's really good at parades. Remember when the Cavs won a couple years ago, J.R. Smith? He was the, the star of the parade. So if the Warriors win, they should have an honorary float for J.R. Smith. They can bring him back and put him on the float. It would be just, just absolutely marvelous. It would be just absolutely great. Uh, it absolutely would. All right, you can get at me on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. And the uh, festivities are underway there. Also, a friendly reminder, a friendly reminder. We'll get to that coming up. A little bit later, but right now, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Eddie Garcia is here, and he'll give you the latest. Eddie? 
Well, Ben, of course, we start with Game 2 of the NBA Finals, where the Warriors beat the Cavaliers 122-103. to Golden State had a 13-point lead at the half. They win by 19. Steph Curry leading the way with 33 points. He also set a new NBA Finals record, hitting nine three-point shots in the victory, breaking the old mark uh, that was set by Ray Allen. LeBron James, remember, 51 points in Game 1, 29 points in Game 2 to go along with 13 assists and nine rebounds in the loss. Golden State now has the 2-0 series lead. Having won the first two games at home, now the series will shift to Cleveland. Game three will be Wednesday in Ohio. In baseball Sunday night, Red Sox over the Astros 9-3. Rick Porcello gets his eighth win of the season. That's tied for the American League lead. Charlie Morton for Houston suffered his first loss of the year. He's now 7-1. Big win for the Red Sox, the Eddie. Season. Back yes, to back. I know you're very excited about well, that. The Sox are playing well. First couple games, I was worried, but the Sox bounced back. That's what championship And I know do. you're yeah. very excited that your Boston Red Sox are playing that well. That is correct. Uh, this By support- the way, doubleheader action on Monday night, Eddie. Oh, really? Yeah. Doubleheader. All right. Yeah. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Ben, we almost had a no hitter on Sunday. The Cardinals ended up beating the Pirates five nothing. Michael Walker took a no hitter into the ninth inning, allowed yeah. a leadoff single, then got taken out of the game. But he gets the win, improves to seven and one on the season. Is it bad that every time I hear the name Michael Walker, I yeah. think of Fozzie Bear? Is that bad? No. Is it bad? No. I don't think it's it's, it's natural. Bad. One of the top underrated Muppet, Fozzie Bear. Correct? I mean, people talk about Kermit the Frog and Miss Picky. They get all the headlines. But Fozzie the Bear, waka, waka, waka. I mean, that's I, if you're I, a I wasn't kid. A fan. What? I was not a fan of Fozzie Bear. Eddie. I don't think you could be on the show anymore, Eddie. Turn your mic off and shame, Eddie. Fozzie Bear. Eh. One of the great comedians of our time. That's a little much. And no Hollywood scandal about Fozzie Bear. You think Fozzie Bear... I don't uh, know. I've heard a few things. Eddie? Come on now, Eddie. Leave Fozzie Bear alone. Leave the great Fozzie Bear alone. Did he ever uh, grope anyone else on the set? I don't think he did. There was no groping going on there. I've heard heard a few things. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, who did he attack? I I don't want to say on the national radio airwaves. Why not? He's a... He's a Muppet. Can't prove it, though. You, know, you can't just, prove just it. Just what I heard. Yep. Yeah. What I heard. Uh, little, uh, you you just don't like feely. stand-up co- uh, comedy is what you don't like. You're jealous of the laughs that that Fozzie he did Bear not provided. Make, he did not make me laugh. Yeah. Okay. You you were more of a fan of the hecklers up there in the, in the balcony. I, there. You yes. like uh, Statler and, and Waldorf. Yes. You them. I yeah. did like those guys. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. And you've grown into those guys. It's amazing how that works. Please, now. coming from you, that's rich. I, I, oh, please. What are you talking about? I'm not like that. I'm fun. I am fun, hip, and cool is what I am. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm not sitting in the in the upper balcony. You're as heckling. hip and cool as Fozzie Bear. Yeah, as I, I am much more like Fozzie Bear than I am the guys in the upper balcony that were heckling. Everyone knows I'm the Fozzie Bear of the Ben Maller show. That is my I, role I here. I would agree with that. Not very funny. Well, you. No, waka, waka, waka. That's going to be, I'm going to steal that. Can I steal that catchphrase, waka, waka, waka? When I say something no, I, funny, I, I'll do waka, waka, waka. I strongly waka, suggest waka. you do that, yeah. Yeah, like Chris Paul. Waka, waka, waka. See, that works. You just you just say the man's name, waka, waka, waka. It's wonderful. So, and I don't like, I don't, I really resent the popularity that Miss Piggy got. I wasn't I, a fan of hers either. Yeah, and not, nothing funny about Miss Piggy. Nothing funny about her at all. Uh, Fozzie, funny. Yeah. You have something to add, Danny? I heard your laugh there. You want? Well, Miss Piggy had curves, at least. Oh, she had a lot of curves. She definitely did. She had many, many curves going on there. Yeah. Some would say too many. I'm not going to say that. That's not. Yeah. That, you know, I'm not doing it. 
Hmm. Anyway, all right. It's uh, did she have a badonka dunk, Danny? Did Miss Piggy have a badonka dunk? Was she five foot ten as a pig? Uh, and had a- I was a little kid. I wasn't paying attention cool. to her ham. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right, and we're coming in from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Geico time. Car insurance made easy. On your car insurance, just go to geico.com for a free rate quote. That's all you have to do. And we head now to Houston, and we say hello to Chris in Houston, who's next on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, Chris. Ben, you got to be the biggest hater i ever known, man. I mean, dude, come on, what, man. What are, you, what are you talking about? What? What am I talking about, Ben? If you put Houston in your mouth one more time, man, leave us alone, man. We didn't do nothing to you, okay? No, there's no threat from Houston at all. The Astros are not going to win the World Series this year. They're yeah, done. Why do you keep bringing it the, up? Uh, the uh, Houston Rockets are a joke. They embarrassed themselves losing two games. I, okay, okay. I mean, they could have won and beaten Golden State. The Texans have a That's damage. A Their star, J.J. Watt, is a, you know, he, that guy can't even play on the field. Their quarterback's Man, brittle. JJ. I can go through the list. You know, I'm not done. You want me to keep going? I can keep going if you want. Man, I'm scared about J.J. now. I mean, normally when I look at my athletes, I like to see them workaholics in the, in the off season, getting ready. Uh, I think the girl didn't got her, man. I think the girl didn't got him. Think it's over now. Yeah. That feminine. Yeah, I think him. the female. Yeah, she didn't put a put a pause in it, man. He's all over the country, man. I haven't seen a gym video of JJ in a while, man. This is, yeah. <laughs> and one thing about JJ Watt, though, you know, if he's in a gym, if he's within a mile of some free weights, there's there's going to be a photo. There will think, be a photo. I think photo. the girl got her, though, man. Yeah. I think the girl got her, Jay. I think. But, Ben, I want to do some role-playing from game one, Ben. Can you help me out here? I want to... We're going back to game want, one. We moved on. We're in game two now. We've, we're we done don't want to talk about that crap fest. We knew what was going to go on. You know the NBA tried to get him to win game one so everybody could be involved. If they tried, they would have kept J.R. Smith in the locker room and so, locked him in the locker room. So, I, I want you to be Adam Silver. I'm going to be the referees. And this is going to be when the referees go talk to Adam Silver. And you're going to ask him. What are you? What happened? So you're Adam Silver. Now ask me what happened. All right, uh, what happened? It's Jr.'s fault. We tried everything. We gave him free throws. He even had the ball. What do I mean? What am I supposed to do? Well, you know what you're supposed to do. I give you your instructions before every game. We kept him in the game, Adam, and I mean, that's I mean, the guy just went space cadet. I don't know what happened. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. You know what happened to the last official that went rogue? Hey, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, it won't happen again. And cut. The scene is horrible. <laughs> I did my part. What are you talking about? See, I, I my Director part was Director Danny G stepping in. Yeah. Hey, hey, now, that was a space cadet move. If you didn't know it, you know he was hanging out with Tyrone in Oakland, and he gave him some of them edibles. He said, man, this going to take care of you, man. This, this right here is going to take care of you. You ain't going to be, you ain't going to feel no effect, man. You'll be all right. And, you know, Tyrone gave him the wrong bag. He was supposed to give him the the, the, the light, but he gave him the heavy. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. All right, get out. Thank you, Chris. Get out. There's uh, Chris in Houston. Now, now, here's the, this is wonderful. All right, the the friendly reminder. Did you see the story about Rodney Hood, the great Rodney Hood? Now Rodney Hood is a bench warmer. He's not playing right now. He got into this game in the final minutes of garbage time when the Cavaliers raised the white flag, and Rodney Hood played the final four minutes of this particular game, and uh, he, the Cleveland Cavaliers losing 
by 19 points to the Golden State Warriors. But Rodney Hood announced that he watches highlights of when he was playing with the Utah Jazz at the beginning of the year to remind himself that he was actually good this season. And uh, he averaged 16 points a game when he played in Utah, and he is not in the rotation currently for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. And remember, he played at the beginning of the playoffs against the Indiana Pacers, and it was such a debacle. It was such a hot mess for Rodney Hood that he quickly ended up in the doghouse for Coach James and his assistant coach, Ty Lue. They put Rodney Hood in the doghouse. Now, I see this story, which I did. If I'm working for the Cavaliers, I make sure Rodney Hood never gets back in the rotation. Are you telling me that he's that he's that sensitive, a little delicate flower that he's got to go back and watch highlights of the and and to admit this? I mean, it's one thing maybe even to do it, but to to publicly admit it. Now that is a new level of pathetic for the NBA and uh, Rodney Hood. Like I'm going back. He goes back. He says to watch highlights of himself. With the Utah Jazz because, well, it makes him feel good that he he at least was a competent NBA player at one point. That's uh, just outstanding. So it's great. And there are people, some dopes in the media are so desperate to try to come up with a scenario for the Cavaliers that they can turn things around that they're campaigning for Rodney Hood to get more playing time. A guy that just admitted that he's so delicate that he has to go back and watch clips on YouTube of when he played for the Utah Jazz to give him confidence that he's not a complete stiff. <laughs> just, it's just great. All right, we are on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That is at Ben Maller. You can be part of the festivities. A lot of people anticipating my Maller monologue about Peyton Manning. It will not disappoint. Uh, it's already been critically acclaimed 10 stars before it's even been broadcast. Ten stars. That's right. Yes, award-winning. Uh, let's see. Uh, some people reacting to real talk. This guy, the most polarizing caller, continues to be real talk. The South Beach scalper checking in. It says, this guy, real talk, should have changed his name to real boring, he said. People very upset with real talk's Eddie. contribution to the show. Eddie, do not play the bell like that. That's our caller of the year. How dare you? Guy's royalty. And again... Caller of the year, never threatened to sue me, uh, never uh, tried to get other people to listen to competitors, none of that stuff. Uh, he's always been class. He's always respected the show. He's never sent me tweets on uh, direct message about how he's doing hardcore drugs. Uh, none of that's happened. It has happened with other people. I will not name those names, but it has happened with other former callers of the year. They've fallen off the wagon. It's not happened with Real Talk. He respects the honor of the title of Caller of the Year, and for that we are grateful. 877-99 on Fox is the number. Time now for the Who Am I game. And here we go. Who Am I game. Now, in finals game one, LeBron James scored 51 points and the Cavaliers lost. I hold the overall NBA postseason record. I scored the most points in a playoff loss. Again, now in game one, LeBron had 51 points. The Cavaliers lost. You know that. I hold the NBA all-time record in postseason play, the most points scored in a postseason loss. Who am I? The answer, next. 
Almost all talk shows sound the same after a while. Think of us as a sports talk oasis from the mundane. The Ben Maller Show Facebook page is our own unique meeting place with over 2 billion of our closest friends, most of whom ignore us. Please take a second to like our page. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. We'll have the MLB pick them on a light Monday card coming up here in a couple minutes. But first, the Who Am I game in finals game one. LeBron James had 51 points, and his team was a loser. I hold the all-time NBA postseason record, most points scored in a playoff loss. Who am I? That is the question. What's the answer? Mike from the LBC is going with Ray Allen as his answer. Cardiac Stanley says Willis Reed. Uh, who else do you have? Curly Neal from Alvin. The Zodiac Killer tossed out by James. The Bulldog Joe Totino from Patrick, the Uber driver in San Diego. I see what you did there. Uh, who else? We have Elgin Baylor from the Rooster. Greg Brady tossed out by Harry Pothead. Jerry Lucas from the New York Bozo. Vols fan Jimmy is going with the cheating Peyton Manning is his answer. David says just Peyton Manning's forehead. That's the answer right there. Uh, Air Bud from from OE, White Chocolate from uh, Jason Williams, guessed by Big Lou, LeVar Ball tossed out by Rob. Eddie, what say you? Then I'm going to go with Buck Williams. Buck Williams is your answer. All right, that is absolutely incorrect. Uh, no, in the history of the NBA postseason, the most points ever scored by a player in a loss, Michael Jordan. He scored 63 points. In a playoff game at the old Boston Garden, and the Chicago Bulls lost by four points to the Celtics. Jordan was 22 of 41 from the floor in that game, 19 of 21 from the line. And check this out. He scored 63 points. He had no three-pointers in that particular game back in the day. Let's go to John in L.A., and we've got the MLB pick coming up here in a couple minutes. What's going on, John? It's an honor to talk to you, sir. Hey, um, I had a question. Yes, I've never. Yes. I have no interest at all in sports. I'm 53 years old. I just don't care, right? Yeah. Why are you, Why are you listening then? <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, just with listening to your show, I think it could be your facetious sarcasm. That could be it. Yes. So you're telling me you listen to a sports talk radio show, which is plausibly about sports, and yes. you don't like sports. I have no interest. Goodness gracious! <laughs> is it, now I, I, should, I, think I, I think I should be. This is like a compliment, actually. I think I should be. I should be satisfied with this. That this is I a work good the thing. night shift. Yeah. I work the night shift, and I drive around, and I just listen to you. Yeah. So I drive. When I go I, to Dodger Stadium, you do. I like to go there to like sit up on the top level and like throw paper airplanes. <laughs> You're the paper airplane guy, at Dodger I'm, Stadium. I'm the yeah. paper airplane guy, man. You're that guy. Okay, so yeah, that's me. So, but you you like sports somewhat. You go to games, but you just go there to throw paper airplanes. Is that your? Because it's expensive to go. Even the cheap seats are expensive. You got to buy you know, the parking, the whole thing. It's a pain to get in there. Well, it's been a few years. Yeah, it's been a few years. Okay, and, and it was also the uh, bacon wrapped hot dogs in the parking lot. Yeah, but you don't have to go to Dodger Stadium to get those. You, all over L.A., there are there are people with little carts selling bacon wrap hot dogs. You can get those anywhere. Yeah, I know. I uh, go down now by um, the shortstop right there on Sunset. Oh, that was a le- that was a legendary spot back in the old oh, days. Oh man! All the uh, ooh, lots of holes in the wall there. 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of legends, a lot, a lot of ghosts in that uh, that shortstop bar. A lot of the uh, the ball players used to hang out there back in the day. All right, well, John, I'm flattered that you listen to the show. You don't like sports, but you like paper airplanes, and you drive by like Uber. Is that what you do at night? What do you do at night? Nah, I practice the security arts. Oh, the security arts. I got you. Yes, sir. Hey, right. I had a quick question. Speaking of legends, yeah. Charlie Brown's favorite baseball player was Joe Schlobotnik. Did that dude really exist? I don't know how to answer. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I don't. I go to Baseball Reference and I look it up. Thank you. I think. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. It's time now for the MLB Pick'em Daily Fantasy. Let's find out who the smartest person in the room is. Who the best looking person Ooh. is in the room. The genius of all geniuses. That guy, John, who's driving around right now doing security. He doesn't like sports, but he's impressed with whoever won the MLB pick. Go ahead, Coop. Get on that mic right there. Go ahead, loud and proud. Go ahead. I want a camel. I just looked it up, and Joe Slobotnik, (laughs) not a real player. Sorry, John. But there is an entry on (laughs) baseballreference.com. Really? (laughs) Yes. Uh, But, uh, Ben, uh, you were the winner. I won. I have the first pick. All right, with the first pick on the MLB pick'em, Aaron Judge. Don't judge me, but I'm taking Aaron Judge. Danny. Mike, well, he'll always be Mike to us, Stanton. All right, Mike Stanton is off the board. Eddie Garcia on the MLB Pick'em. D.D. Gregorius. A run on Yankees. I don't know why that is. Koopa Loop. I'll go with uh, Gary Sanchez. All right, the trend continues. Miguel Andujar. Okay, I don't know who that is. Eddie, go ahead. Uh, Let's go with Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. Danny G. Gardner. I will take a tiger then. How about Nick Castellanos? All right, I'll take, uh, is it Graber Torres? Is that how you said? I think, yes, I'll take him Oop. from the uh, Yankees. And also, Glaber, I believe. Glaber, I was close. Uh, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Danny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go with a snake. Uh, David Peralta. All right, and Eddie Garcia is next up. MLB pick. Freddie Freeman. Eddie Freeman. Coop, who you got? I'll go with Justin Upton. Justin Upton. See, let the record show, doubleheader, Yankees, and Tigers, only one Tiger was selected. Because we can only come up with one Tiger. That's it. There's nobody else to name on that team right there. There are many in the NBA media saying that the Golden State Warriors cannot relax. No, 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 no. They've got to stay on their toes. I disagree. I believe the Golden State Warriors can play at half speed, and they're so much more talented than the Cadavers that they'll win anyway. We will discuss that and back to the drawing board at the NBA Finals. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free rate. Quote, two games into the NBA championship round, and the Golden State Warriors have outscored the Cleveland Cavaliers by 29 points, taking them behind the the woodshed there and kicking their ass late stages of the fourth quarter in the game on Sunday night. So the Warriors win 122-103 to after blowing that opportunity in game one of the finals. The Cavaliers, no match for the Warriors. Now, They were in the game. They were in the game. They had a chance mathematically 
And I'm not just using Maller math. I'm using the real numbers in the game. They were within striking distance. It was for most of the game right around a two-score situation, meaning two three-point shots. Golden State, though, did lead from start to finish, and they eventually, with about five minutes to go in the game, the Warriors decided, we've had enough of this. We're going to drop the guillotine on Cleveland, and uh, there you go. They were beheaded, the Cavaliers, as the Warriors are up 2-0, and the Cleveland Cavaliers would have to win four of the next five games to win the NBA championship this year. It seems very likely that that's going to happen. This ragtag band of losers from Cleveland. And I want to repeat, when I watch the Cavaliers play in the NBA Finals, I'm disgusted at the Celtics. I'm disgusted at the Pacers. I'm not disgusted at Toronto because they're gutless. They're spineless, the Toronto Raptors. But Indiana and Boston had Cleveland on the ropes, and they gave those series away. Unforgivable. Wouldn't it be much more exciting? Like Boston, the Celtic team that was assembled, that played in the postseason, against Golden State, this series would be tied 1-1. But we're not there because the Celtics played like a bunch of dogs in Game 7 on their home court. But let's stay focused. Let's stay focused on this game. And rather than serenade you with all kinds of platitudes about the Golden State Warriors, because I'm not here to do that. That's not how I roll. Instead... Let's focus in here on the Cavaliers. Now, LeBron James had 29 points, 13 assists, 9 rebounds, and 5 turnovers. Kevin Love, 22 and 10. It was not It was not a situation where you watched the game and thought, well, the Cavaliers are actually going to win this game. At least I didn't. Now, I'm not wearing Cavalier gear. Maybe you are. And it is true. As I said, the Cavaliers were within striking distance but you never got the feeling that it was going to be their particular day. And last I checked, and maybe I'm wrong on this, I know the rules have changed now, we live in new times here in 2018, but being close is not good enough. right? You get an attaboy, pat on the back, extra orange slices that you were close, nice big participation award for being in the game if you're Cleveland at this point, because that's all they've got. And they got nothing else to show for it. They were in the game both games, for most of the game, they were in it. Now, it sounds silly to say that, considering the margin was 19 points by the time it ended. But let's talk about it. The question here, and this will be the focus, for the next 48 hours, because there is no game action until Wednesday in the NBA Finals. They take a couple days break, because, you know, you don't want to work too hard. You don't want to exert too much energy in the NBA Finals. No, no, no. So they will have a sabbatical. They'll go on furlough, and they'll be back at it on Wednesday in northern Ohio. But here's the question. What adjustments should the Cavaliers make? Not will they make, but should they make before game three? I've heard all kinds of fanatical overreactions, people suffering post-traumatic stress disorder, coming up with all kinds of ridiculous plans here to fix this basketball catastrophe for the Cavaliers. Now, my perspective on this, you've got, I'm going to keep it very simple. I'm going to keep it in NBA modern parlance, all right? You've got whistle therapy, the Goonies, and divine intervention. Whistle therapy, the Goonies, and divine intervention. We'll link all this together like Legos. A, and we'll begin with this, some are calling for J.R. Smith to be benched. I've heard some chatter. That Rodney Hood 
needs to be dusted off. And they got to open the coffin that Rodney Hood's in and bring him back. And let me tell you right now, if you think that Rodney Hood is the answer for the Cleveland Cavaliers, then you have, you've got nightmares worse than I I can't treat you for that. All right? You've got stress. You've got anxiety, despair, all of that. Rodney Hood is the problem. He ain't the answer. So stop with Rodney Hood, please. The man just admitted he's so off his rocker that he's going to YouTube clips of earlier this year with the Jazz to remind himself that he used to know how to dribble a basketball and shoot. And that's the guy the Cavaliers are supposed to turn over, uh, turn over the reins to? My ass! you got to be kidding me. All right, now stay focused. Not Rodney Hood is not the guy. The ca- Here's the deal. The Cavs are stuck with this band of losers. Now, I do expect J.R. Smith, the space cadet, to play better. I expect him to play a lot better at home. Kyle Korver will also make it rain money balls at home. Secondary players traditionally have done much better with home cooking, and that should be the case here for Cleveland. We saw J.R. Smith against the Celtics in the Eastern Finals. Not that he ever knew what the score was, but J.R. Smith in that particular series, as an example, was much more effective, much more efficient on the home court. He was a, a thief in the night playing in Boston. But the most important thing, if you talk about adjustments that the Cavaliers are going to make here, is what I like to call whistle, whistle therapy. Whistle therapy is the key here. I know. What do I mean by that? The Warriors are going to be facing a situation where they are shorthanded. You know how in hockey you get the guy in the penalty box and it's five against four, or you're two guys in the penalty box, it's five on three. Well, in basketball, you don't have the penalty box, but you have the next best thing. Cleveland's going to have extra guys on the court. They're going to be wearing the official mandated NBA referee uniform. It is one of the great evening factors that you can have, right? You look at the playbook of the NBA. They've done this for many, many generations in the NBA. It's just shocking how this works. And B, the, this, the Cavaliers going home in and of itself, who cares, right? But when you factor in the referee element in this, and don't tell me that it's not a factor here, the 50-50 calls, the subjective calls will go to who? Golden State or Cleveland? I'm going to say they're going, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're going to go to Cleveland. And really what we're talking about is mainly early in the game. It's kind of like when you're teaching a kid how to ride a bike, and you know, they need that little push to get them going, right? A little scared, they're holding on to you. you got to give them a little push. Well, the referees at the nerve center in the NBA will give Cleveland that little extra push in Game 3 of the Finals on Wednesday night. Is that going to be enough? It might not be. It's going to take more than that to get Cleveland into this series. Golden State has a stronghold after two games of the NBA Finals, but the the Cavaliers are going to be the benefactor of getting that. Now, the other option, you look at this and and, and look at what Cleveland can do here because they're stuck with the players they have. While some are calling for Rodney Hood, I say no. If I, I would be much more, much more likely to throw Kendrick Perkins into the lineup. And why would I play Kendrick Perkins? What what good he can't play basketball, right? He's a bum as a basketball player. So why would I play Kendrick Perkins if I'm coach LeBron James and the Cavaliers 
Why would I do that? Because at this point, you've got to turn to the Goonies, right? You have to be better at being the agitator. You have to be better at being the instigator. And who better than Kendrick Perkins, who didn't even play in the game last night, but he got into it with Steph Curry. Right, there was that play right on the baseline where Curry ended up on the Cavs bench. It got all jumbled up there. It was a messy, cluttered, chaotic situation. And it was Kendrick Perkins who, even in a suit, attempted to be the agitator. How did that work? Uh, not so good. Because Steph Curry, before he got into it with Kendrick Perkins, was 6 of 20 from the floor, shooting 30%, 4 of 12 from three-point range. After that, he was 5 of 6 after he got into it with Kendrick Perkins for 16 points. Nevertheless, one thing, I'm very stubborn. You'll, if you listen to this show, you'll know that about me. It's a, it's a positive. I would go back to that. I would go back to the Goonies. I would get the agitator, the instigator out there, try to get under the skin of Kevin Durant, even more than Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry seems like the kind of guy that's got, he's got more of rhino skin. Kevin Durant's uh, Mr. Softy. You can get under his skin. You can hit Kevin Durant's buttons. You can get a reaction out of Kevin Durant. Put the pressure on Durant. You get him off his game a little bit. And we know Draymond Green, while he is into the histrionics and and all of that, the body language of Draymond Green, he also can become disorganized, right? He, he can get involved in that, and then he's off his game. He gets a couple of technical fouls. He could get ejected from the game. So this is the strategy. I mean, This is my opportunity to give back, to help the Cavaliers out. Because I, I don't want them to win. I hope they lose. I know they're going to lose. But if I was running the Cavaliers, these are the things I would do. I would take advantage of the whistle therapy. I would put... Kendrick Perkins back in. I'd have him play about five minutes. He'd pick up six fouls. He'd foul out. He'd get under the skin of Durant. He'd annoy him. I could see him getting under the skin of Draymond Green. Get those guys going off a little bit. And then all of a sudden, voila, abracadabra, you got a different situation. Now, the parting shot on this. Realistically speaking, outside of a major snafu, outside of a major snafu here, there is no drama remaining in the NBA Finals. Now, there are some campaigning. I'm going to talk more about this later, but there's some campaigning to see LeBron James be the MVP. That is absurd. He's not, he should not be the MVP. Now, we do live in a world where stat stuffing is rewarded, and we saw in Oklahoma City a couple of years ago, Russell Westbrook was rewarded for stat stuffing, and one of the great embarrassments in the history of basketball was given the MVP award. So there's a chance LeBron's going to win it. He shouldn't win it. Uh, but there's there's no reason if you're Golden State for concern or for increased anxiety here, even going to Cleveland, because outside of some kind of divine intervention, which is, again, the Maller plan, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant all running into each other at full speed, okay, outside of that disorder, then Cleveland's got, they got no shot. Right, but yeah, that's right. It's like the the haunted mansion ride at Disneyland, right? The, the, the real cliffhanger is going to be in the off season when LeBron James and his man purse decide whether or not he's going to leave Northern Ohio, and then that that'll be the real the real fun. All right, what is that, Shirley? No, it's LeBron James. All right, let's hear from some of the combatants here. Uh, here is Ty Lue, Ty Lue, and uh, J.R. Smith. Mention him, J.R. Smith. 
Uh, not only a basketball player, terrible yet again. Here's Ty Lue. You'll hear the question and the answer about the mental state of the space cadet. Do you think what happened affected him or, or you know, what the crowd was chanting, you know, gave him a standing O, what? any of that stuff? <laughs> I don't think so. You know? Don't too much affect JR. Um, he missed shots. You know, he had some, some good looks um, he didn't make. But, you know, throughout the course of the game, I don't think he really got shots in a row to kind of get into a rhythm. So that was kind of tough on him. But, you know, we have confidence in JR, and he's got to continue to keep taking his shots. How about that question, though? Do you hear, I, want, I just want to hear the question. Is that a horrible question? Did you hear this is a, a reporter assigned to cover the NBA finals? I don't know who this is, but listen listen to this question. Do you think what happened affected him or, or you know what the crowd was chant, you know, gave him a standing what? O, any yeah. of that stuff? <laughs> what the hell what the hell what? was I? What the I mean my god, that was terrible. Do better. <laughs> Do better, all right? I mean that's embarrassing. Uh, let's hear from J.R. Smith. J.R., I'm sure you were very satisfied with your performance. Is that correct, J.R. Smith? Terrible. I got to shoot the ball better. I got to oh. defend better. Right. Uh, be more vocal on defense. Really? Terrible. Man. Right. Do you know what the score was, J.R.? You know. All right. Uh, <laughs> do you know who won the game? Uh, here's one more from J.R. Uh, the fans were razzing you. They were cheering you. They were having a good time. Your thoughts on the Warrior fan? I'm always a person who uh, who the fans like to talk to or heckle or whatever, so I like it. I'd rather them do that than not acknowledge me at all, so uh, I appreciate it. JR took some tranquilizers before that interview, and uh, we were able to wake him up. He was on barbiturates, but somehow we were able to... <laughs> Did it sound like he was he'd just woken up from a nice long nap? <laughs> Play that again. It's like he's in a trance-like state while he's uh, talking to the reporters here. Listen, I'm always a person who uh, who the fans like to talk to or heckle, or whatever. So I like it. I'd rather them do that than not acknowledge me at all. So uh, I appreciate it. So that's how he sounds on Thanksgiving after he's eaten a bunch of turkey with the tryptophan, you know, that leftover turkey after Thanksgiving. All right, it's Ben Maller show on Fox. If you would like to talk about any of this, you are more than welcome. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. And we say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia, right over there. I can't believe you you brought up Kendrick Perkins. I was gonna that was gonna be my my hot take that Kendrick ah, Perkins. Ah, great minds think alike. <sighs> Put the I've never seen in there. I've never seen a guy in a suit who doesn't play get more attention than Kendrick Perkins. But I will say this: uh, I feel as far as bench etiquette, it's a lot like a foul ball. In baseball, right? If it's uh, in the seats and the fans are there, then they have a right to go after the baseball. They, they shouldn't reach over into the field of play. Same thing with Steph Curry. If he's going to stumble into the bench, you don't have to move out of the way. You just got to sit there. You you have your right to your seat on the bench. If you're Kendrick Perkins, you don't have to like jump out of the way and jump over a chair and move out of the way. You're sitting there. He comes. Another team uh, a player on the other team falls into you. You yeah, just, you stand your ground. You're not supposed to do him any favors. Well, and, and here's the thing about Kendrick Perkins: like some of the some of the dopey mainstream basketball guys are like, "Well, Kendrick Perkins helped win the game for the Warriors." No, he didn't. The Warriors were going to win whether Kevin, uh, whether uh, Steph Curry stepped into the bench and Kendrick Perkins got in, in Curry's face or not. Now you could say the margin of victory was larger, and that Golden State would have only won by I don't know eight or nine points instead of uh, nineteen points, which is a different conversation. But yeah, I. I got no problem with it, but this is if you're the underdog, which is what Cleveland is, 
you got to go to mercenary basketball. You've got to bring in the hired guns there, and and this is what they have to do. This is the the opportunity the Cavaliers have, especially at home. The crowd will be going nuts there in Cleveland. Not that I think that matters all that much, but uh, that's what you got to do. Anyway, we'll take your calls. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. We'll call this one Testing the Waters. We'll get to that, and we will do it next. You can't lick your own elbow, travel at light speed, or sneeze with your eyes open. However, you have the power to increase the audience of the Ben Maller Show. Tweet, Instagram, and Facebook post about the show. Don't be bashful. Tell your friends and family about our distinct program to help add new listeners like yourself. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. We'll have Mallard of the third degree coming up a little bit later. Testing the waters. We'll get to that as well. But we need to look at the stars right now. And our friend Andrea, she looks at the stars up there. The, she's looking at the charts and all that in Berkeley, California. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Ben. How are you? If I was any better, I would be a cab, but not a Cleveland cab because they're down 0-2 in the finals. <laughs> what, what do you got for us, Andrea? Yes, that they are. Well, um, quite a night from Steph Curry. Uh, the planets are aligning. Mars, as you heard me say before, crucial planet for an athlete. Uh, he's born March 14, 1988, 1.51 p.m., Akron, Ohio. Curiously, Ben, the same hospital as LeBron James in Akron, Ohio. Now, I, I like, Andrea, for effect, I can, it, it sounds, it's good radio, because I can hear you with the star chart in front of you, on that yes. big piece of paper. <laughs> like, this is awesome. I can, we're getting inside, inside information here. She's got her charts out in front of her on that table. Keep going. Yes, I have about a dozen charts. You'd, you'd get a kick out of this. And um, I also I, um, sent you the link about uh, LeBron's... Uh, Purse costing $41,000 and his entire outfit, Ben, costing $46,000. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. Well, you have outfits like that. I know when I when I show up to work here at Fox, I always am dressed to the nines. That's how I work. So, well, you know, (laughs) you know, Capricorns are into status, you know, you know, those who got it flaunt it. But, yeah, I'm kind of more down to earth. Uh, So that said, um, Curry. Okay, Jupiter expansion, Mars energy. Uh, spirited, highly effective, confident, assured, able to function with clear focus and intention. So definitely, you know, better health. Um, this is a very positive time in terms of um, competition. So- competition? There's no competition in the NBA Finals. What are you talking about, competition? <laughs> the chart's wrong on that. Competition? It's like a junior varsity team Cleveland puts out there. Well, you know, thing, Ben. Um, there's a lot of pride and dignity with Capricorn. LeBron, uh, December 30th, 1984, 4.04 p.m., Akron, Ohio. You know, he can't do this alone. And unfortunately, um, uh, Kevin Love and J.R. Smith, they're Virgos, both having Neptune transits. They are out to lunch. They are totally spaced out. So, you know, the everything put on LeBron's shoulders 
Saturn in Capricorn now, he's feeling burdened. I mean, he can only do what he can do. He scored 40, what was that, 51 points. Yeah, yeah. 51. So what does it say in the charts now? Some, I know what the story's going to be the next couple of days, and I'll address it later, but the story's okay. going to be, well, LeBron, even if Cleveland loses, which they're going to do, mm-hmm. LeBron should be the MVP. What does it say in the charts there? Oh, wise one there, Andrea. Yeah. What does it say about LeBron's chances of being the MVP in the finals, considering Cleveland's going to lose? No, I mean, I think Stephen Curry, his time has come. He's never been MVP of the finals. He's been yeah. MVP of the Warriors, but timing's everything. And this is his time, and I think, you know, it's his just deserved. He's yeah. worked super hard. I-, I would rather see you win the MVP than LeBron James <laughs> if the Cavaliers get swept or go out in five games. How about that? All right? I'd rather see you win it, Andrea. I'll give you the award, and you will win the MVP. Yes? Well, the, the sports sorceress. Let's go. That's right. Bring it on right now. For more on that, you can follow this uh, young woman on Twitter, Virgo in service. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right, be good. There she goes. I like that. She had the charts out in front of her. Reminded me, you know, when, when Rush Limbaugh would have, you know, the paper like that. That's what it sounded like. You know, great, great theater of the mind there with radio. You need Mega Dittos. Yes, absolutely. All right. We Brother. Will, we'll press on. We'll get testing the waters and also Maller to the third degree. We've got all that to look forward to from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Right now, though, Eddie Garcia is here, the man about town, and he will give you the latest. Eddie? Well, game two of the NBA Finals, Ben. We saw the Warriors beat the Cavaliers 122-103. Not nearly as compelling as game one of the Finals. Steph Curry did have 33 points and also set an NBA Finals record, hitting nine three-point shots in the game, breaking the old mark set by Ray Allen. Golden State now with a 2-0 series advantage for Cleveland. LeBron James, number 51 points in game one, 29 points in game number two. Almost had a triple-double, 13 assists, nine rebounds. But again, Golden State with a 2-0 series lead as the series now shifts to Cleveland. Game 3 will be on Wednesday. Baseball Sunday night, Red Sox over the Astros 9-3. Rick Porcello gets his eighth win for Boston. Charlie Morton suffers his first loss this season for Houston, now 7-1 on the year. And with that loss, the Astros fall out of first in the AL West. The Mariners beat the race 2-1. They're a game up on Houston now. Uh, are the Seattle Mariners with that victory. This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Now, Ben, I know you're a busy man, but uh, not sure if you caught Johnny Manziel's CFL debut for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Found his way onto the field during a preseason game against the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, he had uh, five possessions, didn't start the game, five possessions, ran 22 plays. He was 9 of 12 passing, just 80 yards, so a lot of Dinkin and Duncan. Uh, he also ran for 10 yards. So, Yeah, the, I, I got to tell you, I'm a bad talk show, so I'm not watching CFL exhibition games. It's a bad job by me. I know you're very busy. You can't watch well, everything. Please, come on. Time is limited. As we know. Well, it would be one thing if it was a regular season game. You'd be all over that. But preseason CFL, I can understand why you might not be uh, glued in for that. I'm all in. As you know, Eddie, my record picking CFL games last year, stunningly good. In fact, I'm banned from Canada. I did so well picking Canadian Football League games. Amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thank you for that, Eddie. We're coming from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. 
So the NBA Finals is a big topic of conversation here. We'll continue on with that. But the NBA in general, instant replay conversation has been a, a focus. After Game 1, you had the two controversial calls in Game 1, the charge penalty, which was initially called a charge against Kevin Durant, and then they went back and said, well, wait a minute here. That was actually they, – they got the call right, but LeBron James – was moving, and so that was a defensive foul, and that was a key play in game one. There was also Draymond Green, who was up to some shenanigans. So what gives, right? What gives? Well, didn't take long. The NBA, what do you think the NBA is considering now in reaction? You talk about being reactionary to game one of the NBA Finals. The head of the rules for the NBA, number two guy, if you will, in the rule department behind the commissioner, Adam Silver, who's got the ultimate power, but the, the guy that's in charge of discipline in the NBA is Kiki Vandaway. Now, me and Kiki are tight. He follows me on Twitter. Uh, that's true for some reason. Uh, but Kiki Vandaway spoke over the weekend to state-run NBA radio and said that the NBA has plans this summer to experiment with a challenge flag system in the NBA Summer League, similar to what they have in Major League Baseball and the NFL, where a coach will be able to chuck the flag on the court. Holy Dr. James Naismith, it's coming to the NBA. How cool is that going to be? <laughs> you, you imagine, which coach will have the greatest uh, record with the challenge flags? Because you know how this works. We've, we've talked about this before, the boiling frog. It'll start out in... Summer league activity. They'll toss the flags out there in the summer league. And then we'll see how it goes. They'll get some feedback on it. And within two years, this is going to be at an NBA arena near you. And likely not even two years. If it goes well in the summer league, they could expedite this and put it on uh, turbo time and get this in the NBA next season. There's a chance that the challenge flag system could be in the NBA next year. No, they're going to have to invent some sort of stopper to put on it because think about it. It'll slide all the way yeah. down the court. Could hit a fan. Could damage a fan, right? Well, their feet. Well, how many challenges, though? How many challenges would each team get? Because the NBA, you know, 48 minutes, you get. Maybe two per half. Only maybe? two? Hmm. You wouldn't want to give them more than that. Why not, though? Think of the drama, right? Oh, the coach threw the flag and all that. Uh, well, how many do they have in baseball? What's the number of challenges they have in baseball? I know if you get one right, you get it, you keep it, right? You don't lose it. So they got to, I guess, they got to bring that in. But that's uh, that's coming to the NBA. So if you like the challenges in football and in baseball, they're going to get it in basketball. And a lot of people are very upset by that. And uh, I'm all for more flag throwing. I love the throwing of flags. I think it's just uh, wonderful. You can challenge all kinds of things in the NBA. And uh, at some point, we'll have a, a team that will lose a game because their team's out of challenges, and they can't review it because it's you know they didn't use the challenge. That's going to happen. Guaranteed. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. Let's go to Ruru in San Diego. Then we'll get to Maller to the third degree. Hello, Ruru. What's up, Big Ben? Ruru, you tell me what's up. Uh, not much. I was just picking up on your Kendrick uh, take that you were talking about earlier. Reminded me of back in the day when the Worm used to play, and he would get under the skin of uh, players like Carl Malone, and he would smack them on the ass, you know, for a good job, and they would just get pissed. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's old school NBA. Right? I, I didn't say slap anyone on the ass, though. I didn't use that. But you're right. I mean, the the goony basketball to get under the skin as the agitator. That's what Cleveland has to do. It's not even play Kendrick Perkins, even if he plays for ten minutes and he fouls out. Play him. Oh yeah, man. Good take. Good take on it. man. You got an eye for that. That's right. Yes, I do, Rui. Absolutely. You get a golden ticket, Rui. Because my staff should have said that. They didn't say that. You get a golden ticket. That's a good job by you. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Go away. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, Time now for, you know what it's time for. Let's do it. Here we go. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. Throwing a challenge flag right now. Here we go. It's third degree time to coop the loop. Ben, over the weekend, Tyrod Taylor told the media that he thought he had done, quote, more than enough to stick around in Buffalo. Yeah. Did he? Oh, absolutely not. Listen, the, the Bills were so fed up with Tyrod Taylor that Peterman got an opportunity to play last year, and he wasn't ready to play. Listen, Ty- Tyrod Ta- Nathan Peterman, Tyrod Taylor's passing yards, his touchdowns, his yards per attempt have all gone down each of the three years that he has started in Buffalo, he has gotten worse the more that he has played. And it's not like Taylor's anything more than a mediocre quarterback. The Bills want better. Now, the debate here is whether or not the Bills got better. It certainly doesn't look like Josh Allen is going to be better, but they're trying. And B, for all the noise that's out there and all the, the people say, well, Taylor got screwed, these are people with the untrained eye. Taylor to the simpleton looked good, but when you peel back the curtain, you see the damage that had been done, and that and Taylor averaged 3.6 yards per pass in that playoff game against Jacksonville. He had a 44.2 quarterback rating. Whoopty damn do. Taylor is lucky that he was given three years in Buffalo, and he's even more lucky that he found a spot in the NFL where at least for a couple of games – at the beginning of the 2018 season, he'll be the starting quarterback in Cleveland. Granted, he's going to be a placeholder for the Browns until Baker Mayfield takes over. But no, he didn't do more than enough to stick around in Buffalo. Next! Now, it was uh, reported that Jason Kidd interviewed for the open head coaching job in Detroit. Ben, do you think Jason Kidd will get another head coaching job in the league, let alone this one? Well, he's not going to get the Pistons job, but he will be a head coach again, Jason Kidd, in the NBA. Number one, Kidd is now part of the good old boys network. He is in that fraternity, right? He's in the group of recycled coaches that get to play musical chairs. There's only 30 jobs to go around, and Jason Kidd is now on that short list, and he will be interviewed for every one of these jobs that opens up. And and now, now, should Jason Kidd be on the list? Does Jason Kidd's record warrant being on that list in the good old boys club in the NBA, that is a different conversation. Jason Kidd has a losing record, five years as an NBA coach, one with the Nets and then the other four in Milwaukee. And number two, listen, the Pistons have right now systematic dysfunction and incompetence. Stan Van Gundy is not a great coach, but he's a competent coach. And I've seen the list of coaches that have been spun out there for the Detroit Pistons, and most of the names on that list that the Detroit Pistons are considering would be a downgrade from Stan Van Gundy. So think about that. I don't know what the hell they're thinking there in Detroit. they got to get something out of Blake Griffin, though. They traded a, a whole bunch to get him, 
They got to get something out of Griffin and Andre Drummond. Next! Ben Clayton Kershaw came off the disabled list only to go right back on it. Dodgers put him on there. He's expected to be there for a couple of months. This is the, uh, I believe it's the third time that he has gone on the disabled list because of a back injury. Ben, is this the beginning of the end for Clayton Kershaw? Well, no. He's, oh, is he 30 years old? It's not the beginning of the end. He guy's 30 years old. Listen, it's a bump in the road, and it's a crossroads situation for Clayton Kershaw. And ultimately, here's the deal. It's up to Clayton Kershaw what he wants to make of this. Man, he, he has made more money than you know what to do with. He's set for life. How much does he want it? Does he want to keep going? Does he want to put the work in? Does he want to reinvent himself? And contractually, he's not going anywhere. All right, this is an albatross for the Dodgers if Kershaw can't pitch. He's got a player option in his contract. He would be a fool to take that player option. So the Dodgers are going to be contractually obligated to pay Kershaw. They're going to pay him $70 million, $35 million a year through 2020. He's going to opt in that contract. So the Dodgers have to figure this out, and, and Kershaw's got to figure it out. Right? Clayton Kershaw is going to have to figure out how to pitch without overpowering velocity, assuming that doesn't come back. If the velocity is down, there are other ways. I know it's going to be shocking. There are other ways to pitch. You can get major league hitters out with deception. You can do it. The art of pitching. You can paint the corners, right? Change speeds. All of that, and Kershaw's going to have to figure out how to do that. And if not, then they're just going to have to sit him on the disabled list and bury him and not pitch him if he can't figure out how to get guys out without throwing 95 miles an hour. All right, there it is. Mallard of the third degree. How did we do? Ben, you passed this edition. That is a winner! Woo! All right, time now for the instant trivia. We'll also go all in. Here's the instant trivia. We'll go to the NFL. And going back since 1990, Blank is the only NFL rookie head coach since that year, 1990, to take over a team that had a winning record and improve its record by two or more games. Again, Blank is the only NFL rookie head coach since 1990 to take over a team that had a 500 or better record and improve that team by two or more games. That's the Insta Trivia. The answer next. You can't lick your own elbow, travel at light speed, or sneeze with your eyes open. However, you have the power to increase the audience of the Ben Maller Show. Tweet, Instagram, and Facebook post about the show. Don't be bashful. Tell your friends and family about our distinct program to help add new listeners like yourself. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. We will have, for your dancing and dining pleasure, all in. We'll give you a pick. Win some money for you. Have that for you coming up here in a little bit. But first, the Insta Trivia, and uh, here we go. Blank is the only NFL rookie head coach since 1990 to take over a team 500 or better and improve that team's record by two or more games. That is the question. What is the answer? Let's see. Did anyone get it right? We're looking. We're looking here. The happy bong toker is going with Fred Dreyer. Our friend Fred Dreyer, El Guapo, says Chip Kelly. Stoner Marvin, Jimmy Joint Roller is his answer. Kermit the Boiling Frog from Ivinson at the Quickie Mart in Orlando. Joe Bugle from the New York Bozo. Cam Cameron tossed out by Dolphin Mike. Don Shula from Captain Cliche. Kathy Lee Gifford, guest by Sean in Portland. Miss Doubtfire from Robbie 
The Mariner fan Mike from the LBC is going with John Gruden as his answer. All right, Eddie, do you have uh, an answer? It's not Jim Bob Cooter, which was guessed by Vols no, fan Jimmy. A good guess. It's a fun yeah. name. We love the name Jim Bob Cooter. I'm going to go with Jim Hannafin. The great Jim Hannafin. Yeah. A fine, a fine, fine guess. But your uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Unfortunately, incorrectly. Correct answer. Jim Caldwell of the Indianapolis Colts in 2009. Who knew? Uh, the Colts that year went 14 and two. The 2009 Indianapolis Colts. The previous season they were 12 and four with Tony Dungy as their coach. No one thinking that Jim Caldwell is uh, all that great a coach, but he is the answer to a rather obscure NFL. Trivia question. I thought it would have been Norv Turner, Norvell Turner, but it was not Norvell Turner. But it is time now to give out some picks, and we'll do that right now. Here we go. Let's yeah! It's Ben Maller, and he's going all in. I'll go all in. All in. I'm going to go all in. It is not a great card in baseball. It's a light night in the sports world on a Monday, but the picks still need to go on, and we'll start a new week off here and I will go first. Now, the Arizona Diamondbacks are 1-9 and nine in their last 10 games. But they're starting to get their confidence back after beating up and bludgeoning the Marlins. They're taking on the Giants. And the Giants are starting a left-hander. Arizona, seven games above five hundred against left-handers. They've got a losing record against right-handers. I'm taking the Snakes over the Gigantes. I'll take Arizona at plus 100. Eddie. Ben, Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals in D.C. Washington Capitals hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. The over-under is 5.5. Two of the three games have been under so far in the series. Let's go with the under. Danny G. Big Ben, the game of the day, at least for Coop. It is the Torrance Angels of Anaheim hosting the Kansas City Royals. Big Duffy matchup. versus Trapiano. A lot on the line. Over-unders 8.5. I'm going to take the over. Taking the under. Over. All right, Koopaloop, we got. I hate to bake, break it to you, Ben, but uh, yeah. this was uh, it was the exact game that I was oh, looking come at. Come on, man. Don't be Zach Godly. I'm a godly come fan. On, I'm a godly you're, person. You're, not, you're a heathen. You don't like godly. What are you talking about? I'm all in on godly and the Diamondbacks. <laughs> How dare you. Cheating off my paper yet again. I just... It's wrong. I'd like to thank the odds makers for having that line posted on that Yankee, Yankee Tiger doubleheader. Is it that hard to put a line up on the Yankee Tiger doubleheader? You got one. It's a day-night doubleheader. What a nightmare of a day that is in Detroit, right? How many people are going to take off from work on a Monday to go see that dreck? I mean, the Tigers are unwatchable, right? I mean, my God, what a nightmare day that is, yes? Under the cover of the weekend, one of the big names in the NFL, well, his reputation tarnished even more. Can you return those Peyton Manning jerseys? Can you? I know he's not playing anymore. Can you get money back for those? We will discuss the downfall of number 18. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. And so the NBA Finals are going on. We'll put those on on hiatus for a couple of minutes because there's a story that we cannot overlook. Even though the media elites in the United States have chosen to do just that, we realize the value of this story here. 
We understand how ridiculous it is that this story has been buried. An NFL legend with a whole lot of dirty laundry that got aired over the weekend. Peyton Manning, it was confirmed in a report published uh, via court transcripts, leaked court documents, that Peyton Manning confirmed PED cheat. How is this not a bigger deal? Now, the Hollywood Reporter obtaining court documents that had been under lock and seal, uh, the, the litigation brought on, this is part of the Ryan Howard, Ryan Zimmerman lawsuit, the, the ball players that uh, were so offended by that report that they were suing, and there's some interesting stuff in that story about them as well, but all of this stems from the outstanding undercover documentary investigative report that exposed a number of athletes who were dabbling in illegal gym juice. And one of the names mentioned there was Peyton Manning. He was outed for getting HEH shipped to the family home under his wife's name. It was part of the film and in the newly unsealed court papers. And you're not going to get this anywhere else, but in the newly unsealed court papers, it shows that Peyton Manning's lawyers confirmed Big word there, confirmed much of what a source told Al Jazeera about Peyton Manning and the alleged use of performance-enhancing drugs. This is a big effing deal. We need to talk about it. It's a bombshell revelation that has almost universally been ignored by the mainstream sports media. Tom Brady goes and takes a dump. And and it he has the runs. It's front page news, unsealed court documents that show Peyton Manning's own lawyer confirmed he's a cheat, and barely a whisper, barely a whisper. So the question: What do you make of this lack of coverage for a story that should be on every sports website, every sports radio show should be talking about this, and a lot of them are not. Most of them are not. So my viewpoint on this, you've got hostage video, emotional, and the smell test. And we will bind all of this together. Now, first of all, this Peyton Manning story is a case study in how the sports media plays favorites. Peyton Manning is a beloved cultural icon, right, in American sports, And therefore, he is a protected interest. He's in the protected class, Peyton Manning. And this past weekend, a classic example, you have unsealed court documents confirming, again, Peyton Manning's own lawyer, read it, backed up the validity of the claims made in the documentary. Does this get 24-7 coverage? Absolutely not. It's essentially ignored by the mainstream sports media. It's all part of an elaborate cover-up to not get this information out. Protecting Peyton Manning, the cone of silence around Peyton Manning. You talk about cheating the system here. This is the definition of it. Now, even more embarrassing, if you read this particular story in The Hollywood Reporter, I was reminded of the Charlie Sly debacle. The fact that Charlie Sly, who was on hidden camera, singing like a canary about all these ball players and what they were doing, Peyton Manning on that list. And Charlie Sly, he only recanted his story after Peyton Manning 
sent in the goons to pressure him. It prompted the Sly family, the sister of Charlie Sly, to call 911. And in the video, the uh, apology video, the the video where he walked back and recanted his story, uh, Sly, and it says, and it's completely accurate here, Sly appeared to be reading a statement that was prepared for him. Certainly did, didn't he? He was sweating profusely. They point that out. And uh, the statements about Liam Collins, who was one of the people doing the undercover investigation, uh, according to the court documents, based on information that had been supplied to Charlie Sly. Right? On top of that, but wait, there's more. The Mannings, right? They're, they're always up to some nefarious activity. What a dirty family, the Mannings. You've got Eli uh, committing uh, sports memorabilia fraud. You've got Peyton with the tea bags at Tennessee. You've got this story. There's scandal all over the place. What a dirty family. The Mannings. They're like the Kennedys. The Mannings are like the Kennedys of football. Scandal following them all over the place. And uh, Manning, much of the uh, the information, according to the, the court documents here, uh, had already been corroborated with Sly's uh, you know, claims and whatnot. The denials, uh, as they point out here, are not very believable. And it did have the feeling like a hostage video, right? When Charlie Sly, he was sweating, he was in his kitchen. He's like, uh, it was ridiculous. Now, secondly, there are a combination of excuses that are used to attempt to minimize and play down Peyton Manning involved in this PED scandal. And I'm going to debunk both of them. A, the report came from Al Jazeera. So it's got no credibility. That's the first one. And B, Peyton Manning has a dad body. So there's no way that Peyton Manning could be doing PDs. I will debunk both of these one by one. Now let's begin with the Al Jazeera attack. This is known, anyone that took a debate class knows, this is known as the shoot the messenger defense. It is a time-honored emotional response to unwanted news, right? You like Peyton Manning. You don't like the fact that he's a PED cheat, and now he's been exposed more in these court documents that I read in The Hollywood Reporter. And so instead of just taking the news, you're like, well, no, I'm going to blame Al Jazeera. I'm going to shoot the messenger. Unfortunately, it does not work in this particular case. Now, why doesn't it work in this particular case? I'm glad you asked. Right, Al Jazeera, the documentary team, has a great amount of credibility globally. And the film, and this is a very important, was vetted by an army of lawyers from Al Jazeera before it was broadcast. And that's why they, they contacted Peyton Manning's own lawyer. That was part of the vetting process before this aired. Right, So to say they've got no credibility and to attack the messenger is absurd. And all of that goes out the window when you look up the name Taylor Teagarden. I want you to Google the name Taylor Teagarden. He's a pretty nondescript ball player. He spent parts of eight seasons in the major leagues, cups of coffee here and there. He played for teams like the Rangers and the Orioles, the Mets and the Cubs. His last team was the Cubs. As a result of that documentary, which supposedly has no credibility, this undercover investigation from Al Jazeera, Taylor Teagarden was suspended 80 games by Major League Baseball for, wait for it, performance-enhancing drugs. 80-game suspension. He was forced to retire from baseball. So what about Peyton Manning? What about Peyton Manning's physique? I'm glad you asked. 
Uh, he could not have taken PEDs because he look at his body. Now, this is something that Peyton Manning fanboys have been hanging their hat on. And it doesn't pass the test. It doesn't pass the test. Uh, let me help you if you're uneducated on this topic. The full spectrum of bodies can be included in PED conversation. Right? You don't have to look like a Greek god. Bartolo Colon is a PED cheat. The guy eats cupcakes for a living and pitches a baseball, but he has been suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. Andy Pettit, the former Yankee pitcher, has got a similar body to Peyton Manning, also HGH guy. How about D. Gordon, the light-hitting second baseman now of the Seattle Mariners, who's got 12 home runs in eight seasons in the major leagues, also a PED cheat. The point is, you don't have to have a certain look. People get typecast into certain looks and they think, well, that guy's a cheat, that guy's not. That is a mistake. Don't fall into the trap there. It's a mistake. Peyton Manning had not one, not two, not three. How about four, four career-threatening neck surgeries in 2010-2011? He missed the entire cold season. And a friend of mine, I mentioned this on the air, a friend of mine who works for the NFL, has worked for the NFL for over two decades, told me that Peyton Manning would never play again, that that was the word from the Colts, that Manning would not be able to play again. This was a career-ending neck injury. He had suffered loss of feeling in his fingertips. Okay, loss of feeling in his fingertips. Two years later, at age 37, Peyton Manning set an NFL record for, for touchdown passes with 55 in Denver, a cold-weather team in Denver, 55 touchdown passes. Then right, the story comes out that Manning was using HGH, and all of a sudden Manning uh, quickly goes downhill and vanishes from the NFL. Something is not kosher. Something is not kosher. Now, the final thing on this, uh, Peyton Manning vehemently denied taking PEDs at the time. In fact, we have the audio here. He threatened to sue Al Jazeera. You remember? Let's go back. We, we have some of the clips here from Peyton Manning. It's very important, especially in the context now that the according to the unsealed court documents, Peyton Manning's own lawyer confirmed the Al Jazeera story about the HGH at the Geyer Clinic in Indianapolis. And listen to this little weasel, Peyton Manning. Listen to Peyton Manning at the time, a couple years ago, when he ran to defend his name. Listen to this. What was your reaction to the Al Jazeera report that you had human growth hormone right. mailed to your home when you were recovering from that surgery? Well, I think I rotate, Lisa, between being uh, angry, uh, furious, on and on, but disgusted is really how I feel, sickened by it. Yeah, sickened because the truth came out, Peyton, huh? You're upset. Your little secret is out for the world to see. Fortunately for you, the world's dumb, and they don't want to, they want, don't want to pay attention to it. Uh, here's more. This is important audio. Again, you've got court documents, unsealed court documents, showing that Peyton Manning's lawyers confirmed much of the Al Jazeera report. Listen to Peyton Manning. Listen to him. Again, uh, with big words here, talking about his story, how it's made up and all that. It's completely fabricated, complete trash, garbage. Uh, there's some more adjectives I'd like to be able to use. Um, but it really makes me sick. It makes me sick. It makes me sick that it brings Ashley uh, into it. Her medical history, her <laughs> medical privacy being violated, that, that makes me sick. I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, you were the one, actually, Peyton, that brought her into this because you had the HGH shipped to her 
in her name to your house. So that's really you, Peyton. Look in the mirror, Peyton. You had the drugs shipped to the Manning house, according to these documents, under her name. So that's you that did that. That's on you, Peyton. But wait, there's more. He just kept going on and on and on about this, and he was he was playing the woe is me card. You know, I'm in the middle, middle of my throwing workout, which I enjoy doing that, and if i got to inter- interrupt this workout to come and you know talk about this. Um, <laughs> it's not right. I, I don't understand it. We should just talk to your lawyer, Peyton, who confirmed everything. <laughs> it's just great. Just Wait, there's more. Uh, Peyton, on the record. Remember this soundbite. Remember this soundbite. Again, the context, unsealed court documents, Peyton Manning's lawyers, confirming much of the Al Jazeera report about HGH with Peyton Manning. Listen to this. Have you ever used... HGH or any performance enhancing drug? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is right up there with A Rod lying on 60 Minutes, right? This is right. Remember A Rod, uh, the famous interview about you know steroids and all. This is right up there. And then he attacked. I believe he attacked Charlie Sly, the guy that he sent the goons in on. And uh, remember, I want you to. Remember, this is important. You got to remember this. Listen. I saw a lot of doctors. I went to the Geyer Clinic. He had a hyperbaric chamber that our coach, trainers, and doctors thought might be good for me. They went with me, thought it might help. Don't know if it helped. Uh, it didn't hurt. Time ended up being probably my best medicine, along with a lot of hard work. It stings me, whoever this guy is, insinuating that I cut corners. I broke NFL rules in order to get healthy. It's a joke. It's a freaking joke. You might want to fire your lawyer there, Peyton. Now, the Manning uh, lawyer, the law firm, the high-powered law firm of Peyton Man, they issued a... Uh, very self-serving uh, statement attacking uh, the Al Jazeera report. Nobody believes those lawyers, though, uh, from Peyton Manning. He doesn't pass the test, right? If Peyton Manning was so upset, you would have thought originally he would have filed a lawsuit. Anyone with half a brain now, especially now, right, after these documents have come out, these unsealed court documents, surely Peyton Manning's going to sue Al Jazeera now, right? There's a mountain of incriminating evidence against him. So he's not going to file any kind of lawsuit. Imagine the discovery phase Imagine the discovery phase with all the dirt Peyton Manning's got. Imagine that. Man. Man, oh, man. All right. So uh, the Ben Mather Show on Fox, and uh, we'll have much more than that. No one else is covering it. We'll cover it here. Everyone else is in in the tank with the NFL. Uh, We're not, uh, and so we can do that. It is the Ben Mather Show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. Now, do you think that uh, this information coming out or the the potential maybe for this coming out played a factor in uh, in Peyton not wanting to uh, put himself in the spotlight, not taking a broadcast job at this time because maybe he thought that this was going to come out in the near future and so he's kind of laying low for a while until this blows over and then maybe he gets back into yeah, I mean, the could, TV work? It could be. That, that could be something. But, but Manning's so protected. There, there's two things going on here. You've got the NFL's in business with every major broadcast entity in America. They have some kind of business deal. That's why it took somebody like the Hollywood Reporter to report this because I, I think they're the only ones that don't have a contract with the NFL, so good for them to report this. Uh, and, and the other thing is a lot of people that just love Peyton Manning. They've, they've given him deity status. And they don't care. They don't. It doesn't bother them that he's a dirty, rotten scoundrel. They're okay with him. Going back to his days at Tennessee, Peyton Manning is entitled 
right? He's allowed to get away with this kind of stuff. Well, now you wonder, there's, a lot, there's a lot of professional athletes that are entitled, though. Well, but he, the whole Manning family, right? The whole the, the the way they do business there with the shakedown, sending in the goons to Charlie Sly, that hostage like video that they were. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The 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 steps that they will go to here. And but again, the the main thing Peyton Manning has in his advantage is a lot of people just they love him and he can do no wrong. You know, it's that old line President Trump had when he was running for the election, how he could go into New York City and shoot someone and and he would gain popularity. Peyton Manning is that way. Peyton Manning could shoot and kill someone and his sycophants would say, No, no, it's not his fault. The person deserved it. That's that's how it is with Peyton Manning. Uh, we'll take your calls, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369, Now We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller, and a blow-up of respect proportions. We'll get to that. I'll explain what I mean by that. We'll get to it. We'll do it next. On the Ben Maller Show, we specialize in sarcasm, snark, and satire, all things needed to survive the shady late-night characters on Twitter. Let your thoughts be heard by the masses under the cover of the microblogging website. Follow Ben on Twitter. He's at Ben Maller. And you can tweet at and follow the man who is manning the phones. He is the liar, liar, and the menace of the Fox Sports Radio Network. It's the Coop de Loop, Justin Cooper, and he's at UH Bronco Fan. I wish I could pull off those suits. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. We'll have the instant advice line coming up later in the hour. Critically acclaimed Maller monologue could could be the one that wins the Marconi. That could be the one. Uh, the Aussie guy says, epic monologue, you're doing God's work. Uh, Ernie says, the Peyton Manning story is so buried on the back pages, it'll need a grave digger to dig up. And uh, Trucker Joe says, I wonder how Nashville Danny is taking this Peyton Manning story. Who? Uh, well, yeah, the, the ban is over for Nashville Danny, and uh, shockingly, he's not running to defend his guy. In fact, I'm looking at my board here, and I got a bunch of calls. Not one Peyton Manning sycophant called <gasps> up to defend Peyton Manning. Now, I have a theory on that. The reason that is is because there is no defense. Like, it's a losing battle. Why would you call up to defend someone who's dirty? Makes no sense. It's illogical. Uh, just Josh says Peyton wanted to use more adjectives. He just didn't know any, really. He can't even spell PEDs. Uh, that's according to our friend uh, Just Josh checking in. Uh, but we will go to the phones right now, and let's say hello to Angry Bill who's next up on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, Angry Bill. What about a nine-year-old girl? Good morning, best bud. How you doing? I hope you had a good weekend. And uh, the Peyton Manning thing, I got one thing to say about the Peyton Manning thing. Only one thing to say about it. (sighs) Jed, who fled? What's going on? You're on Fox Sports Radio. What's going on, Jed? Wake up, Jed. Peyton Manning, Angry Bill, both. Pieces of filth, dude. <laughs> Hellbound scum, man. Yes, I'm just, I, you're like a, a lighthouse of liberty, truth, and justice in, in the darkness of, of, of the abyss of a clueless, willfully, nefariously, evilly intent uh, to just cover up Aiden Manning. And I don't, I don't understand it, Ben, but I, I thank you for your, your honesty, your, your spine made of pure titanium to stand against the wave of 
it's cover-up. I don't get it. It's not easy. Uh, it's very difficult in my position, as you know, Jed, who fled. But someone has to do it. Someone has to have the intestinal fortitude, the courage to stand up to these Peyton Manning goons. Jerk yourself away. These bullies that are out there with Peyton Manning. And I'm just the person to do it. I mean, I, I'm doing the kind of work that is needed, that is required in this time of need. I mean, I live in the South, and people are biased towards the Manning. Something fierce here, but if you have an ounce of open-mindedness and, and, and intelligence, it's obvious to see. I mean, this, this is a man. If he's, if he's a man, he used his wife to get something mailed to him, then acted then feigned just crazy, you know, like despair. Like I can't believe people are sinking to these levels. And, yeah. not, and the hypocrite at the level he sunk to to use his wife to cover his sins. Well, and, and that's an important part of the story. I'm glad you brought that up because I remembered some of the things that were said a couple years ago when this Peyton Manning story came out. Keyshawn Johnson, who's no longer on television because he you know, was terrible at it, I think he does a crappy radio show now. Keyshawn Johnson said, a quote, uh, this is of the Peyton Manning story. He said, he said he didn't do it. If he said he didn't do it, it didn't happen. Then it didn't happen. He didn't do it. That's it. That was a direct quote of Keyshawn, who was on television talking about Peyton Manning. How about Jim Nance? Jim Nance, who claimed of the Peyton Manning story, it's a story that on all levels is a non-story. Of course, Jim Nance, a golfing partner of Peyton Manning. And again, the key part of this, Peyton Manning's lawyers, this is unsealed court papers now, Peyton Manning's lawyers confirming much of what a source told Al Jazeera in that documentary. And all these media guys have been exposed. It's, it's, I'm, I'm laughing at all these people is what I'm doing. You should. I mean, I need both those guys on my jury if I ever go to court, a Keyshawn especially. But I just want to, once again, Ben, thank you yeah. for what you well, do, man. I'm here you're for you. Yes. You're like a, you're like the Statue of Liberty pales in comparison to your your greatness. Well, appreciate that. Thank you. All right, uh, very nice, uh, wonderful call there from Jed Hoofle. All right, so we press on from that and uh, the respect card. Michael Kendricks. This is a great story. So Michael Kendricks is a linebacker who the Eagles had to get rid of because they decided to keep Nick Foles, and if they had gotten rid of Nick Foles, who plausibly won't play, right, because he's a backup quarterback, they could have kept linebacker Michael Kendricks. Pretty good player. Uh, But the Eagles had to get rid of him for salary cap reasons. And so Kendricks is free to sign with another team. Now, the state-run NFL broadcast channel, uh, Ian Rappaport over the weekend said the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, are signing free agent linebacker Michael Kendricks to a one-year contract. Now, Michael Kendricks saw that report. He responded by going ballistic. He said to Rapsheet, you will never have my respect, and then went on a diatribe talking to Chris Thomason, the great Viking reporter for the Pioneer Press. Kendricks went on a rant. Right? He said, uh, of the report, no, it's not accurate. I don't know who the bleep said that. That bleep is bleep. Whoever said that bleep is bleep. Kendricks declared. Blank my blank and blank you. That's all I have to say, man. I'm not really talking to anybody else about it. But wait, there's more. That was just the beginning of Kendrick's diatribe. He continued, it's bleep. I don't like people like that, meaning Rappaport. I don't respect people like that, meaning Ian Rappaport. And that's all I have to say. It's from Michael Kendricks, free agent linebacker who is not a member of the Cleveland Browns 
and he's attempting to play the Browns against some other teams to try to get more money. And one of those teams could be the Minnesota Vikings. But Kendricks, uh, I love the rant attacking Ian Rappaport for, I think, doing what he's supposed to do, which is breaking NFL news. I think that's part of the job description. All right, here's the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We've got the Insta Advice Line. We'll get to that coming up here in a little bit. We say hello to Eddie Garcia from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. He's got the latest. Eddie? Oh, Ben, in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, not an overtime thriller like we saw in Game Number 1. Not a lot of controversy. Uh, Mostly just the Warriors with the lead and winning. 122-103. to They defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were up by 13 at the half, end up winning by 19. Steph Curry led the way with 33 points, including an NBA Finals record nine three-pointers, breaking Ray Allen's old mark. LeBron James, who had 51 points in the opener, finished with 29 points. As Golden State now leads that series two games to nothing. Game three will be Wednesday as the series shifts to Cleveland. Baseball games of note Sunday night. Red Sox over the Astros 9-3. Rick Porcello gets his eighth win of the season for Boston. It's tied for the American League lead, while Houston's Charlie Morton suffered his first loss this season, falling to 7-1 and one on the year. And also with that, Astros loss and the Mariners 2-1 win over the Rays. Seattle moves into the top spot in the AL West. One game up on Houston. This report brought to you by True Car Online. Car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Ben, you know what they say. It's all fun and games until... Someone gets hurt, That's Eddie. exactly right, yeah, and that's yeah. what happened with the Green Bay Packers when they held their annual charity softball game of the weekend. One of their stars ended up in the hospital. Linebacker Clay Matthews, who was pitching, took a line drive comebacker off the bat of guard. Lucas Patrick broke his nose. It will require surgery once the <laughs> swelling goes down. There is video of this all over if you want to so see this. But Are uh, NFL contracts going to ban charity softball? I was going to say, how long before the Packers say no more charity yeah. softball game? A lot of guys get hurt playing softball. I don't know about that, but he certainly uh, he certainly did. He was bleeding. He covered his face with his mitt. And, uh, now, he wasn't taking part in OTAs because of a knee injury, but... Uh, He'll now have a little nose surgery to go along with that. He's one of the pretty boys in the NFL, right, Clay Matthews? I would say so, yes. I, I the, think uh, that's probably accurate. Is it fair to say the female gender finds him easy on the eyes, yes? I, I don't know for sure, you know, but how about, how I, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing yes. Like gay guys and women find him attractive, yes? Am I correct on that? I think I am. Sure, it's the locks. He's got the he's got the hair, the whole flowing, the flowing, golden locks, beautiful masculine hair, and all. Brother, yes, absolutely. But he'll be fine, right? I mean, he's going to go. He was in the hospital, and he'll be out. I'm guessing his career will not end because of a broken nose. But yeah, I guess he won't be there in minicamp. Well, he'll imagine, imagine how they're going to bust his balls in the locker room. I mean, he guy's a a linebacker in the NFL. He's had this long career in the NFL, and and this guy, when was he drafted? He's been in the NFL like almost 10 years, right? It's been almost 10 years, something like that. But this Clay Matthews gets knocked out by a damn softball. How embarrassing is that? Really? All right. Uh, ben Maller's show on Fox. We're coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And uh, let's do it. Here we go. Let's do it right now. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds. And if you don't like it, screw 
you. And away we go. It's the Insta Advice Line unscreened radio. The safety net is off. We give back advice to the athletes, the coaches, the people in sports that need it most. And it's, as I said, unscreened. So keep calling up 877-99 on Fox when you get a busy signal. Try back. We'll get as many calls on the air as we can. Now, who needs our advice this week? Who needs the wisdom? Who? Of the Ben Maller Show listener. The best and the brightest. You talk about common sense, real world people. The pe- Let's be realistic. The people that listen to the show, this is the salt of the earth here. So these, the, these people that give their advice, this matters, right? I know some of you are skeptical about this. Don't be skeptical at all. These are rational people. They call up our show just like yourself. All right, so who needs our advice? Now, we could give advice to Cleveland being down 0-2 in the NBA Finals. We could give advice to LeBron James on how to dress better without his man purse and all that. But the person that needs our wisdom the most, the person that needs us to be impartial and objective and help them out is J.R. Smith, right? So let's help J.R. Smith. At least twice in his NBA career, he has forgotten the score of a game. So let's help J.R. Smith on how to remember the score of the game he's playing in. 877-99 on Fox gets you on the air. 877-996-6369. We'll start with you on line one. Hello, line one. Your advice to J.R. Smith, please. Um, 14-1. All right. Read the book. Thank you, Jesus! I'm so happy that John 316 guys changed his Bible verses because of my advice. Hello, line two. You're on the air, please, line two. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. All right, thank you for that, line two. Line three, you're on the air. Hello, go. We're 0 for 2. We go 0 for 3. We end the bit. Line four, you're on the air. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. America's doing skip the finals and watch the Stanley Cup finals. Go Cats! You were talking too fast, sir. Line five, you're on the air. We're giving advice to J.R. Smith, the space cadet of the Cavaliers, on how to remember the score. Hello, line five. You broke it in my nose. Line six, you're on the air. We're giving advice to J.R. Smith. Go, line six. Let Bella think for him. Line one, you're on the air. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. I tell him if you run with dogs, you get fleas. Never heard that before. Line two, you're on the air. We're giving advice. This is really mushrooming into a wonderful thing, unless it's not. Uh, J.R. Smith, how can he remember the score? Hello, line two. Just call Shirley, man. Call Shirley. Shirley's got all the answers. Is that Shirley? Line three. Is that Shirley? No. Line three, hello. What, you want me to turn my brain off because I've got a high basketball IQ? Uh, no, not at all. No, you've got a great... LeBron James. All right, line uh, three, that's you. Actually, line four, you're next. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. Smoke some weed, eat some prunes, and have some good sex. Well, the first part of that, J.R., I feel like he's done very well in that department. He should be playing for the Trailblazers, if you know what I mean. All right, let's go he to you. really... Caca it up. Line five, you are on the air. Hello, line five. Oh, uh, yes, Ben. I would look J.R. Smith square in the eye and say, You hang up on yourself, Ben Maller. You hang up on yourself, Ben Maller. I can feel like I jumping out of his seat as he says it. Like he's like, Ah! 
Line six, you're on the air. We're giving back to J.R. Smith of Cleveland. We're going to try to help him remember the score. All right. I think that he needs to hang up on himself. Line one, you're on the air. Go. Remember, Pat is whack. I didn't hear that, but that's probably better that way. Line two, you're on the air. Go. You can help me find my baseball. Yes, your, your baseball, if you go down First Street, turn left, you get to the pond. You go past the pond on the bridge, the two-lane bridge. You go past the, the bridge there. You make a left turn, a sharp left. You double back around. The ball's right there. Line three, you're on the air. Hello, line three. J.R. Smith having trouble on the road. This is Ben Maller. All right. It's not funny. <laughs> Says We've already heard that before. Line, line four, you're on the air. Hello. The one with all the answers is Tom Looney. No, that's incorrect. Who? Said, leave him out of this line. Oh, nothing. Line five, you're on the air. Hello, line five. What a Debbie Downer that is. $20. Yeah, well, okay, line five, hello. Problem with line five. Line six, you're on the air. This is unscreen radio. All the fireworks, all the pyrotechnics of unscreen radio. Kaboom, bang, roar, rumble, the whole thing. Hello, line six. All right, you suck, line six. Line one, you're on the air. Go. What the hell was that? Line two, you're on the air. We're giving advice to J.R. Smith. 877-99 on Fox as we pontificate together and bloviate the night away. Hello, line two. Ben, I love you. Ooh, you're banned from the show. How dare you? You're not allowed to call back. Line three, hello. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the more you eat. Very mature. Yeah. Only the best and the brightest get through on the instant advice line. Line four, hello, that's you. You've been empowered, line four. You're on the air. Go. Become a Van Wagner. Look, you're quoting our friend from Maine. Look at that. All right. We'll do one more and only one more. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I'll blame the Koopa Loop here. Last call for J.R. Smith. Go ahead, Koopa Loop. Line six. Line number six. Line number six. Here we go. Line six, the last call for J.R. Smith. Advice on how he can remember the score. Line six. Give him Bella butt up. Oh, I see. You should. That's a bad job. You should pick line two. Line two, what was your advice, line two? Two hands, $20. There you go. See, that's better advice. There it is, the instant advice line. Unscreened radio. And what if I told you? We'll move on. Uh, no gas. No gas. We'll get to that, and we will do it next. Almost all talk shows sound the same after a while. Think of us as a sports talk oasis from the mundane. The Ben Maller Show Facebook page is our own unique meeting place with over 2 billion of our closest friends, most of whom ignore us. Please take a second to like our page. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. So I love the story over the weekend that I really enjoyed was the Nick Saban boating story. Did you see this, Eddie? I yes, you, I did. This is a, so apparently this is a tradition at Alabama where every year Nick Saban cherry picks a couple of his blue chip players that are ahead of the class. These guys typically future NFL players, and he goes on a boating adventure. Boating adventure. You might have missed this over the weekend. Uh, and I guess in the past he has typically gone to uh, a, his house in Georgia on Lake Burton, 
whatever the hell that is, in Georgia. Uh, but this year they were at Lake Tuscaloosa, and there's plenty of video out because the Alabama players were sending out video. Now, Nick Saban is leading the way there, Uncle Nick. He's got his New York Yankees baseball shirt on as he's leading the Alabama contingent. But the only reason we brought this up is because uh, what's the key? Now, I'm not a boater. I'm not a boater. Uh, I have some some in-laws that are boaters. But even I know if you're going to get onto a boat, what is the key? Assuming it's not a rowboat, what's the key, Eddie, to the boat? And also not a sailboat. Yes. Yeah. What's the key? If it's a, an engine-driven boat, what do you need there? Well, some would say, you know, make sure you have a lot of beer in the boat. But uh, I, I would yeah. say that uh, for the operation of the motorboat, you would probably want uh, a good supply of gasoline. Yes. You might want to fill it up with gasoline, right? And uh, sure enough, oopsie, oopsie. Yes, uh, the Alabama football team, some of the guys, not the whole team there, they, uh, they got stuck in Lake Tuscaloosa, and the video was put up. Uh, it started with video. The first uh, I saw was Tua Tungavailoa, the Alabama quarterback, which the fact that he was on the boat tells you he'll be the starter uh, for Alabama. But anyway, he was on the boat there, and he threw up some video on Snapchat of Nick Saban and some of the other Alabama players there stranded out in the middle of the, the lake in the uh, the tank was empty. And they were saying, we were really stuck. They are saying, this is not a joke. We were really stuck here. And then the Alabama football team, uh, the the Twitter account for Alabama, have you seen the video they, they put out? A highly produced video of Leadership Day on the lake. And they even show Nick Saban's dog and, and his mansion there. And they've got a bunch of golf it's quite the It's quite the scene there. Do they show the boat just kind of kind of idly sitting we'll there say, in uh, the have water? You ever, and... Have you ever been stuck on a boat, Eddie, that's been stuck out in the uh, in the ocean without? Uh, thankfully, no. You've not. Have you spent a lot of time on boats? No. You have not? No. Okay. Uh, what about like a rowboat? I think I could do the rowboat thing. I'd like to do that. I've been on a paddle boat. You uh, know those things you like, uh, you, you like a, kind of like a bicycle, you paddle that. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah, goes yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in that. But I have thought, like, should be. there's a lake kind of near where I live, out in the boondocks. Yeah, that's where all the ducks live, right? Yeah, yeah, the Duck Lake. And I could go and get, like, a $40 rowboat from Walmart, and I could take it next level. And <laughs> they sell out. rowboats for $40 at yeah, Walmart? Yeah, get one, like, for 40 bucks. Or is it inflatable? Or? It's made in China. It's, like, 40 bucks. But I can get one at Walmart. Yeah, it's inflatable. You can go out there, and oh. you get a couple of paddles. And get... Well, no, the the other, like, Costco sells one. It's, like, 400 bucks, you know. Now, I'm not that into what, it. I'll probably use it once, and then that'll be it. I'm not going to spend 400 bucks on something I'm going to use once. What's the weight on this uh, rowboat? How much does it hold? What, what are you getting at, Eddie? What, just, what, just, what are you just, trying just to ask, say? Just ask you think a I'm going to sink out in the, in the lake? The thought did cross my mind. I'm leaning me. I'll be fine. Don't worry. But you worry about yourself, Mr. Garcia over there, you fat ass. Out there. If you were expecting drama, gobs and gobs of drama, in game number two of the NBA Finals, you are incorrect. The Golden State Warriors keeping the Cavaliers at arm's length and then delivering the knockout blow in the late stages. We will discuss. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Did you watch the game last night? 
Eh, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know. You're up early. You're up all night. Uh, the Golden State Warriors deliver the knockout blow in the, about the five-minute mark of the fourth quarter. For most of the game, despite Golden State shooting the ball very well, it was a competitive game. It was a six, seven, eight, nine-point game. It was in within a couple of possessions for Cleveland to get right back into it. But in the end, the Warriors win 122-103. to 103. Did LeBron James score 51 points? No. LeBron James had 29 points. Uh, what about the, the Golden State Warriors? Was it the Kevin Durant show? Well, he had 26. Steph Curry, though, 33 to lead the way for the Golden State Warriors, and he sets a new NBA Finals record for most three-point shots, made 9 of 17 from three-point shot from three-point land for Steph Curry in this particular game as the Warriors get the win. Now, one of the compelling stories, we have a lot of time between now and Game 3 because it's not till Wednesday back in Cleveland. And one of the compelling storylines is all about the MVP award. Who's going to be the most valuable player of the NBA Finals? Now, this is a partial situation because, obviously, we're only two games in. Now, Golden State's going to win. You know and I know that Golden State's going to win. But you still got to finish out the last couple of games of the Finals. And whether it goes four or five games, fine. But the... Ultimate result is going to be Golden State winning, and there is a groundswell of support of, over LeBron James winning MVP honors. LeBron is averaging through two games 40 points a game, 8.5 rebounds, and 10.5 assists per game. So I wanted to get out in front on this because I know how it's going to go, and the, the daytimers, uh, they'll get in on this and they'll kick around LeBron James whether or not He's worthy of that most valuable player status in the NBA Finals after two games. It's a premature analysis, but we'll get out in front on it. So let's discuss the question. Is LeBron James your most valuable player after two games? I say no, 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 no. LeBron James is not my MVP of the Finals. He can be your MVP of the Finals, but he ain't my MVP. I'm giving it to Steph Curry. I'll give it to Draymond Green before I give it to one LeBron James. Kevin Durant is an MVP prior to LeBron James in the NBA Finals. Now, my thoughts on this, you've got uh, you've got a bunch of things to mix together. You've got outdated, you've got that, you've got empty, and you also have the pat on the back. Why don't we start with that uh, that last one first here because – if you're sitting in the catbird seat, if you're LeBron James and your team is going to lose the NBA Finals, do you really want the MVP award? Isn't that an emasculating situation? I mean, who wants that pat on the back that I would be offended? I'd be embarrassed that you're the top stat stuffer. That's like the ultimate participation trophy. If you're someone like LeBron James, who has, I believe, won in the NBA Finals before, right? Multiple times. He's got championships. You want to win an MVP award when your team lost? Isn't that demeaning? I mean, think about that. No, you don't want that. The second part of this is that ultimately, in a utopian world, winning matters, right? Winning matters. And LeBron James, while he is averaging 40 points a game, 8.5 rebounds, 
and ten and a half assists and five turnovers a game as well. Those are empty statistics. They're empty stats for Cleveland. What's my point? My point is when LeBron James has been on the court, the Cavaliers have been outscored by 31 points. 31 points. How is that the most valuable player? Well, yeah, but it's not his fault. Yeah, but J.R. Smith is an idiot. Okay, fine. But still, ultimately, you're going to hand an MVP award out to someone at this point, two games into the NBA Finals, when he's been on the court, the team's been outscored by 31 points. Think about that. This is a more moral victory here. This is not a moral victory situation. You have a winner and you have a loser. You have, there's a point of demarcation here. And the two guys with the worst plus minus on the Cleveland side of things are J.R. Smith, who's played a lot less than LeBron James, and LeBron James at minus 31. Kevin Love's at minus 25. You can go down the list. George Hill's at minus 22. The plus minus statistic. Now, the most important point of all this, and it's the point that gets lost with the uneducated basketball observer, is the concept of the losing MVP in a championship series is an outdated concept. In fact, many people are using Jerry West as an example. And I have seen interviews with Jerry West in the past where Jerry West has gone on the record as saying that he's embarrassed himself by winning that MVP award. And if you go back and look, that's the 1969 NBA Finals, before our time, of course. But if you go back and look at that, there's something that you need to know about the 1969 MVP vote for the Finals. You couldn't just whip out your smartphone and send out a tweet to vote for the most valuable player. In fact, the voting was cast before the fourth quarter of game number seven of the NBA Finals. In fact, I saw one story that said it was even before the game. I don't believe that's true. I think it was before game seven. There was a handful of basketball scribes that got the vote for the MVP award in 1969. And they voted for Jerry West, who averaged 37 points per game that particular year. But the Celtics won game seven, and they won the championship. So logic tells you if they had waited until the series was over, Jerry West would not have won the most valuable player, even in that year that John Havlicek, who led the Celtics in points and was second in rebounding, would have won, or Bill Russell, who averaged 21 rebounds a game. Uh, one of those two guys would have been the MVP if they had waited till the series was actually over. And the whole concept of losing MVPs is from a different era in the big three sports. Now, hockey's a different animal. Hockey still does it. They're a little backwards in that. But if you go sport by sport, uh, it, it is an outdated concept. In, in football, basketball, and baseball, of the big three, the last player from a losing team to win a Most Valuable Player Award in a championship event was in the NFL. Chuck Howley, linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys in 1971, was the last Most Valuable Player from a losing team to get the honor. So you go all the way back to 1971. All right, And in baseball, it was 1960. Bobby Richardson, the Yankees' second baseman, the Yankees had completely torn apart the Pirates, but they lost on the Bill Mazeroski home run. And then in basketball, Jerry West. Now, I mentioned hockey. 
It's happened uh, several times since then. Uh, but of the big three, the last time was 1971. Right? And again, it's, it's an outdated thing. In the modern times, you don't need it. Now, I say that realizing that we have a generation now of sports writers and the sports media guys that do like the stat stuff. They celebrated Russell Westbrook for filling the stat sheet and winning the Most Valuable Player Award. They gave it to him for rigging the system. So it's possible LeBron James is going to win, but I wouldn't vote for him. I would vote for, well, first I'd vote for Steph Curry, and if not Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. And if not Kevin Durant, I'd go down the list. I'd go Draymond Green. And if not Draymond Green, I'd go Clay Thompson. And then I'd go down and I'd go, I'd say, who's next? How about Sean Livingston? How about Livingston? If not him, JaVale McGee. I would give JaVale McGee the MVP before LeBron James. How about that? The, uh, the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We uh, say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Judas Garcia. You, you don't think LeBron James, I mean, he would obviously never admit it, but don't you think LeBron James would uh, be okay with winning the MVP even if his team lost? Shouldn't he be embarrassed, though? Wouldn't you be like, this is uh, That's not the question. Ridiculous. The question is, would LeBron James secretly be okay with that? I absolutely think he'd be okay so with that. So you think he would take his man purse and his suit with shorts and walk up to the podium and take the MVP award and have no shame in his game? And then storm off and well, say, get, may, get Jim Gray like over said, here, i got to get out of Cleveland? He may act like he doesn't like it. Uh, but I think he likes it. I think he'd be okay with well, it. Your sport, hockey, does this uh, every so often, Ed. I can think of once that it's happened in any time recently. It was uh, J.S. Jaguar of the Anaheim yeah. Ducks. Their Ron boy. Hextall did it also in 1987. And, uh, it happened that was in a while 70s. ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's closer to 1971, which is when it happened in the NFL the last time. But, yeah, 87 is a while ago. But, uh, yeah, the the, uh, the Mighty Ducks. They were then known as the Mighty Ducks. They were, no yes. Longer, they're no longer mighty. They'll always be mighty to me. Really? You'll you'll never let that go? No, because yeah. it's really stupid. It's like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays are still the Devil Rays. They're not just the Rays. They're the Devil Rays. That was their name. That was their name. But yeah. You you, you're okay with that change? You, you don't mind the dropping of the Devil? No, I, no, you can keep the Devil, too. You can you're call okay them with the Devil that? Rays, yeah. yeah. I still call the Washington Nationals the Expos. Mm, I do. That's interesting. I call Oklahoma City the Sonics. That's how I roll. The Clippers of the Buffalo Braves, the uh, Lakers of the Minneapolis uh, Lakers. That's absolutely correct. Are the, are the Ravens the Browns? Yes, uh-huh. I call them the Cleveland There's Browns. There's two Cleveland Browns. They're, the Browns play the Browns twice every year. They're in the division. That's how I roll. I will right, well, take your calls. You want to be part of this? The lines are open for business. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. You can be part of of the, the big radio program here, and also available on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. You can be part of the show uh, that way as well. And our Facebook page, uh, which is Ben Maller Show. Make sure the show's in there, Ben Maller Show on Facebook. Did you appreciate Steve Kerr trolling LeBron James? Did you, uh, did you thought I absolutely was- did. Oh, I, I absolutely didn't think it was as did. funny as the basketball media thought, but I, I thought it was funny. But their laugh. Do we have that? I don't know if we have that. But their their laughter was. Uh, eh, I didn't really care much. It's all they always are that, like that though. It's not nothing. It's nothing I new. Know. I mean, I thought it was fine, but they were they were going on and on. I mean, it was like, come on. It was a, it was a nice deadpan line, but you know, Kerr had had that planned out that that was not his uh, 
That Nothing was not wrong with having movie. material ready. No? You're, you're okay with that? I'm fine, fine with it, yeah. You're fine with that? Yeah. All right. Uh, again, eight seven seven ninety. Oh, now we have it. All right, here we go. Here's the audio. Thank you, Coach. By the way, I thought you guys were much better today. Good job. <laughs> okay. Now play it again. Listen to this. That was the reaction. These idiots. Uh, that was fine. No, listen to it. Listen to your that, reaction. That's is more a ridiculous. belly laugh. I parroted these idiots. Uh. Listen to this. Thank you, Coach. By the way, I thought you guys were much better today. Good job. <laughs> you see that? You see that right there? There it is. Undoctored audio. In its entirety. That's how we did it. That's how we did it right there. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll play. Uh, we're going to go to a, a, a different direction here. We'll call this one legs. We'll call it legs. We'll get to that. Take your calls. We'll do it all, and we will do it next. On the Ben Maller Show, we specialize in sarcasm, snark, and satire, all things needed to survive. The shady late-night characters on Twitter. Let your thoughts be heard by the masses under the cover of the microblogging website. Follow Ben on Twitter. He's at Ben Maller. And you can tweet at and follow the man who plays all the music and most of the funny sound bites. The Ben Maller Show, his first name is Danny. His last name is a mystery to most. But you can follow him at Danny G Radio. The microphone throttler. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. There was some mild profanity after the NBA Finals. Uh, one of the players going off on the media. We'll play some of that audio coming up here in a couple minutes. Let's say hello to Blind Scott, who's apparently on a train right now. Hello, Blind Scott. Hey, what's happening? Yeah, I'm on an Amtrak train right now. I'm not sure if I'm in the quiet car, but screw these people anyways. I don't even have to pay for this train either. Disabled people ride the trains for free. These people don't even really treat me that nice. Coming out here, the train, the guy, he's not even calling the stops now either. I'm about to hit the emergency button as soon as I get off the phone. But, hey, one thing about LeBron James, you know, you're wrong about this. I love you, Ben. You gave me good advice that I didn't take, and it cost me $100,000 when I didn't get into real estate. But let me tell you something. On this network, there's a lot of white victimhood that feels bad about themselves you know i love rob parker i preach the guy i hate your audience your audience sucks these people from the midwest they never seen a black person in their life if you have ever been to the smithsonian museum in dc you'll see how high black people have it you know and they have the worst odds against anybody so lebron james saying he's overcome odds that's pretty true and that's why he's my mvp and that's why i'm burning down this network lately you know shout out to don and scott what the, what the hell's wrong with you what the hell was that? I mean, that was rack up. Has he lost his mind? I mean, what the, what is that? I, yes, LeBron had it very tough driving that fifty thousand dollar Hummer when he was in high school. I I had a what was my my first car? I had a Valari, a nineteen seventy one or I think it was a seventy two. Maybe it was a seventy one Valari. What was your first car, Eddie? Your first car that you had? you remember your first car? I believe it was a 1982 Toyota Corolla. Yeah, I got mine from my Grandpa Jack. Yeah, he hooked me up. Was yours new? No, no, no. I didn't didn't have a new car until I was uh, well into my 30s. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I I, I can relate, you know, driving a a Hummer like LeBron did, a brand new $50,000 car, and me driving around the Velari. It was a good car. Lot, I, I miss those those cars back in those days. They had a lot of room on the inside. Cars today, too compact, man. 
Bad job. All right, do we have that audio? Tristan Thompson. All right, Tristan Thompson, uh, he was very upset. He was asked if he felt helpless against the Golden State Warriors combo of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and uh, he was offended by that. Do we have that audio? All right, here we go. Curry goes on a, on a roll like that. Is it, do you feel like a sense of helplessness out there when you can't defend him? No. No. He did a good job. I mean, when I'm switching on, I'm guarding him, so I'm never helpless with no guy in the NBA. Okay. Next question. All right. I'm about to go on a rant here. Now, this is from the Entertainment and Sports Network. If you're going to bleep, use a bleep that if you take the dirty potty word out of a soundbite, it doesn't work if you just put silence. It sucks. It takes away from the soundbite. And I know it was some intern that probably did that, but that person should lose their job. That's an embarrassment. Let me, let's play. Do we, you know, I don't usually pull these kind of sound bites out. Do we have, can you find the Lee Ilya? Let me tell you how a sound bite's supposed to sound. When somebody curses, like Tristan Thompson, and he used the F word and the S word when talking to reporters after the NBA Finals, you didn't laugh. You're driving around right now. You didn't laugh one time. You know why you didn't laugh one time? Because there was no bleep. There was not a single bleep in that soundbite. It was merely you took the you took the words out, you put silence in there. That ruins the comedic value. You put the bleep. If you're going to cover up a dirty word, you put the bleep in there. The gold standard is Lee Ilya, the old Cub manager. Everyone laughs their ass off when they hear Lee Ilya because of the bleep. The bleep I'll tell is... You one thing. I hope we get hotter just to stuff it up them 3,000 people that show up every day. Because if they're the real Chicago fans, they can kiss my right downtown and print it. They're really, really behind you around here. My what am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the nickel dime people to show up? Yes. Don't even work. That's why they're out of the game. They only go out and get a job and find out what it's like to go out there and live it. 85% of the world's working. The other 15 come out here. Playground. All right, all right. We don't need to hear the whole thing. That's, uh, that's, let me tell you. That's how you present profanity in a watered-down version of the media today that we can't use these kind of words. That's how you do it. This, imagine how unfunny that would be if you just took those bleeps out from Lee Ilya and instead you played silence. It's bleep-tastic is what it is. That's what it is when you have the bleeps in there. Yeah. Everything sounds great. I, you know, bleep, that Blind Scott's phone call was you know, bleeping ridiculous. It was a joke. It's horrible. Have you seen, and I've only noticed this on, on the four-letter, that they're actually now blurring out the mouth of the... <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, when they show the video, if yeah. they if they drop a, an F-bomb or something, they will blur out their mouth so you can't lip-read it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so, so ridiculous. It's so, this whole thing's absurd. It really is. All right. I mentioned the tease we gave you was the leg, and that is the leg up. There's a report from the NBC uh, NBC guy in Philadelphia that says, quote, the Sixers have a leg up in signing LeBron James. Now, this story came out before game two of the NBA Finals. Now, why do the Sixers have a leg up? Is it because LeBron wants to play with a, a team whose executive has five different burner accounts? Uh, no. Uh, the story claims that it is according to former Cavs GM David Griffin, 
who is now part of the state-run NBA broadcast channel, and it is former Cleveland GM David Griffin, the same one who signed LeBron James to come back to Cleveland and uh, negotiated that deal to make that happen. Of course, you know, any, I could have negotiated that contract, right? And LeBron wanted to go back. It doesn't really matter who the GM of the Cavaliers is. They could have had Krusty the Clown as the GM, and LeBron James was going to sign a contract. Uh, so do you buy this story that the Sixers have the leg up? I don't. Like, how would David Griffin even know that? How would he know that? What kind of inside information does David Griffin have on the mind of LeBron James? I know he was a toady of LeBron's, and he was on Team James and all that, and he was a big cheerleader for LeBron. I get it. But how would he have insight on that? And the Sixers are a disheveled mess at this point. They did not fire Brian Colangelo on his birthday. He's still twisting in the wind, and that is one of the big surprises of the NBA weekend. Uh, the assumption was by the time we got back in the catbird seat here at Fox Sports Radio that Brian Colangelo would be out as the general manager in Philadelphia, and it, he is not. Now, is it going to happen today? I hope so. That'd be good. We, we need a big story for Monday. So if you saved it for Monday, I'm fine with that. But they didn't fire him on his birthday. And the, the vultures are still out. All right, speaking of vultures, we have a lot of game show vultures. And there's a golden ticket on the line. I need some contestants. We're going to play Coach Player Entertainer. If you would like to play Coach Player Entertainer and your dreams can come true, call right now at 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. We'll play Coach Player Entertainer. We will get to that in its entirety from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But right now, let's get the latest. And we welcome in Eddie Garcia. Eddie? Well, Ben, in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, the Warriors beat the Cavaliers 122-103. to Steph Curry, 33 points. Kevin Durant, 26 points. Klay Thompson, 20 points. For the Warriors, the trio going for over 20 for the second straight game. They were led by Steph Curry, though. Who had an NBA Finals record, nine three-point shots, breaking the old mark held by Ray Allen. For LeBron James, yes, he did lead Cleveland in scoring. Of course, he had 51 points in Game 1, only 29 points in Game number 2. Did come close to a triple-double, 13 assists and 9 rebounds in the loss. Golden State has the 2-0 series lead. Game 3 will be Wednesday as the series shifts to Cleveland. Some baseball games of note Sunday night. It was the Red Sox over the Astros, 9-3. Rick Porcello gets his ninth, excuse me, his 8th win of the year for Boston. That's tied for the American League lead. While Houston's Charlie Morton suffered his first loss of the year, falling to 7-1 on the season. Also, the Twins beat the Indians 7-5. A big game for Minnesota's Eddie Rosario hit three home runs, including a game-winning walk-off shot. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Ben, yes, in yes, golf, yes. Bryson DeChambeau Who? nearly choked away a victory at the Memorial. He was holding a lead on the final hole when he had a three-putt bogey on the 18th, ended up in a three-way playoff, which he ended up winning on the second playoff hole, rolling in a 12-foot birdie putt. But all that's window dressing to tell yeah. you about Tiger Woods. Oh, tell me, Eddie. I need to know. My heart needs Tiger. Well, he was never uh, in serious contention here. He missed a three-foot yeah. par putt on the 10th hole. Then he hit another tee shot into a guy's backyard on the 13th hole. That's not good in golf, in case you don't know. Uh, he finished with an even par 72, a six-way tie for 23rd place 
for Tiger Woods. But he's back. He's going to win a major. Tiger Woods is back. He's in George's box. Unless he's Thank you, Eddie. You're We're welcome. Coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, things are not looking good for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. They lose the first two games. They've been outscored by 29 points in the first two games of the NBA Finals. But there could be help on the way. The official verified Twitter account of Airbud. The dog Airbud has said, Cleveland, call me. Could Airbud play better basketball than J.R. Smith in the NBA Finals? Would, ow, would, ow, ow. Does Airbud have enough awareness to know, even though he died 20 years ago, that uh, the, the, the score, most important things in a, in a game, time and score, right? Time and score, those are the most important things. It's great, though. A dead dog is now offering to help the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's all kinds of stats out to point out how pathetic the Cavaliers have been, especially from three-point range. And the Cavaliers shooting as a team passes from LeBron James 25% from three-point range in the NBA Finals, and they are 5 of 16. That's 31% when no one's even guarding them. From three-point range. Garbudge, as they say. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. Let's do it. Ready? Put on your thinking caps. Hi, my name is what? Time to identify. My name is what? Is it a coach, player, or entertainer? That's why we call it Coach, Player, Entertainer, the radio game show that sounds so easy. But it ain't that easy. No, it is not. Let's welcome in our contestants for this edition. Of Coach Player Entertainer, we have Dominican Mike, who's going to play. Hello, Dominican Mike. Hey, what's up, Kane? What's up, what's up, Big Ben? What's going on, man? You ready to do it? Yep. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Very good. Hold on a sec. And we have Rain Man in Washington. Hello, Rain Man. Hey, how's it going? You sound very relaxed. You sound like J.R. Smith. You're very calm. <laughs> hey, I know what the score is. Yeah, but you know how much time's left? No. You do not. So you do not know time and score, most important thing. You know the score, but you don't know at the time. Uh, what do you do there, Rain Man, in Washington? I sell on eBay. Really? Yes. And and how much stuff do you have to sell to pay your bills? It depends. Um, yeah? What kind if of, I'm having of? a good month or so, Yeah. it's better in the summertime. Why is it better in the summertime? It's a lot of spring cleaning, and you find stuff at uh, thrift stores and garage sales. Right, so your move is you go buy stuff at the thrift store, then you repackage it, you take some nice photos, and you sell it on eBay. That's your move. Correct. Right? And you make a living doing that. Yes. Hmm, interesting. All right. Uh, hold on a sec. Uh, Dominican Mike. Hold on a sec. Uh, D- Dominican Mike, what do you... What do you do, Dominican Mike? Tell this guy sells crap on eBay. What do you do, Dominican Mike? Oh, nothing, nothing as interesting as, as him. I, I used to be in real estate. Then they put me in weight. And when I get back, I'm gonna do personal training now. At one of the local gyms. Oh, you're a workout guy. I got you, big yep, buff guy. Yep. Yeah. All right, very cool. Well, let's play the game, Dominican Mike. You are there, and Rain Man, you are over there, the eBay guy. 
And again, it's very simple the way this works. I will say a name. For example, if I said LeBron James, I'd say LeBron James, coach, player, entertainer. And then you would chime in with your name as your buzzer, and you would have to say, well, LeBron James is a player. So you get six points for that. And then an extra point if you can tell us he plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Understand? All right. Oh, Very good. Got it. Here we go. It's coach, player, entertainer, the first name up for us. Patrick McCaw, coach, player, entertainer. Rain Man. Rain Man. Coach. No, that is incorrect. Uh, Patrick McCaw, McCaw is a, a basketball player for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he's in the NBA Finals. <laughs> Uh, good job by you guys paying attention. Uh, it's coach, player, entertainer. The next name up for us, Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron. Mike, Mike, Mike. Michael, Dominican Mike. Uh, player. Woo! All right. Uh, no, he looks like Fred Flintstone. He's the head coach at LSU. Coach O, they call him, Ed Orgeron. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a little awkward, but we'll keep it going. Why not? That's why we play the game. It's coach, player, entertainer. And next name up for us, Jordy Mercer, coach, player, entertainer. Jordy Mike. Mike. Player. Uh, that's correct. Who does, <laughs> who does, total guess. Who does Jordy, Jordy Mercer play for? He plays baseball. Yeah, but that's a sport. Like, what team does he play for? You got like a, you got like a one. Detroit, the Tigers. All right, that is incorrect. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Buccos. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? You get six points for that. It's coach, player, entertainer. Next up for us, David Cross, coach, player, entertainer. Mike. Mike. Player. <laughs> no, no. David, David Cross is an actor. Uh, the Arrested Development franchise, you might be familiar with him from that. Uh, but yeah, not, Sounds like a hockey player to he, me. But. He, might, he might be a player with, with the ladies. I don't know. Who knows? Or the dudes. <laughs> I have no idea. It's coach, player, entertainer. The next name up for us. Dansby Swanson, coach, player, and Mike. Mike. Player. That is correct. That is correct. Who does Dansby Swanson play for? Um, Who? The, the Dodgers. No. <laughs> no, he's a shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves. No. All right, it's coach, player, entertainer. You've got to pick it up, Rain Man. You're going to have to sell more crap on eBay. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, we've got David Cutcliffe, coach, player, entertainer. Rain Man. Rain Man. All right. You should get this. We had this last week. Go ahead. Coach. Uh, that is correct. David Cutcliffe is a coach. Who is he the coach for? I am not sure. All right. Total guess, but you got it right. He is a coach for the Duke football team. He was Peyton Manning's guy back back in the day. It's coach, player, entertainer, and let's see. Who is next for us here? Tyler Skaggs, coach, player, entertainer. Mike. Mike. Player. That is correct. Who does Tyler Skaggs play for? El Gesso, Dominican Mike. Detroit Tigers. <laughs> no, that is incorrect. Uh, the, he's a pitcher for the Angels. Pitcher for the Angels. It's coach, player, entertainer. The next name up now, uh, it's going to get a lot harder, guys. Max Muncy, coach, player, entertainer. Max Muncy. Rain Man. Mike. Rain Man. Coach. Uh, no, that is incorrect. Uh, Max Muncy, who did power up for the Dodgers on Sunday, but he's still hitting like 240 uh, on the year. He is a infielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll do a couple more. It's Coach Player Entertainer. The next name up for us, 
Cornell Haynes Jr. Mike. Mike. Player. Uh, no, that is incorrect. Let's see. Do you, have you heard of Nelly? Oh, yeah, Nelly. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. rapper. Yeah. Cornell Haynes Jr. Hey, he's the rapper from St. Louis. Do I get points for that? No. No, you don't get any points for that. All right, last okay. one. Last one. It's coach, player, entertainer. Let's see. We got to pull. I got I a whole list of names here. We got to pull a good one here. Tyler Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow. Coach, player. Rain Man. Rain Man. Player. That is correct. And what team does Tyler Glasnow play for? Um, you don't know. I, you, you I, totally I, I have no idea. Yeah, he's a pitcher for the, he, for the Pirates. It sounded he's, like. Yeah, it sounded like it. Oh, I sure it did. All right, we're out of time here. What is the score, Kubaloop? What do we have? Dominican Mike with 18 points to Rain Man's 12. All right, so that means, Dominican Mike, you win a golden ticket. I got a golden ticket. I got a golden ticket. Congratulations, Rain Man. Uh, you lose, and Dominican Mike, you win. Uh, good luck selling crap on eBay, though, and uh, appreciate that. It's a good fallback if this radio thing doesn't work out. I can just sell stuff on eBay. So I'd have to sell a lot of stuff, though. I mean, I got I got bills up the wazoo, though. That's a lot of. I'd have to downsize. You know, one of those like like I could live in a tent maybe and sell stuff on eBay. You, know? you could sell all your Marconis. Well, that's uh, those are I, those are priceless. I can't sell those. I, I could sell my bobblehead collection, but no, those those are those were given to me by my listeners. I can't I can't give up my like my Rob Deere bobblehead or my Philly Fanatic bobblehead. I can't do that. I cannot do it. All right, what do the wise guys have to say? What do the wise guys have to say? We'll get to that, and also a pitcher unhinged. All of that. We'll get to it next. You can't lick your own elbow, travel at light speed, or sneeze with your eyes open. However, you have the power to increase the audience of the Ben Maller Show. Tweet, Instagram, and Facebook post about the show. Don't be bashful. Tell your friends and family about our distinct program to help add new listeners like yourself. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. Well, some of the members of the militia were tweeting. We talked earlier about... Our first cars, well, some of us did, and uh, I had a Valari. LeBron James' first car in high school was a $50,000 Hummer. Good for him. Uh, Matt in Pittsburgh says he had a 72 Le Mans Sport baby. Uh, our friend in Baltimore, Greg, says that his family had a Valari station wagon and the car would not run in the rain. <laughs> so I, the Valari I had from my Grandpa Jack, uh, I was convinced that I it was like a tank, the way the thing was built. Like I could play bumper cars on the freeway, and uh, and nothing nothing bad would happen. Uh, so where are the wise guys at on the NBA Finals now? There's a hiatus until Wednesday, so a couple of days off. Travel day today, practice day on Tuesday, and then they'll play on Wednesday. The opening line: Golden State opened a five point road favorite. Five-point road favorite. Now, remember, the home team gets spotted a handful of points, so they really think the Warriors are closer to a 10-point favorite than a five-point favorite. But the Warriors opened at five. The money, though, currently is on the side of the home team, a home dog, always a valuable thing in gambling parlance. And so uh, early money, the sharp money, 61% 
on the side of the Cavaliers, and the line has gone down a half a point. So the Warriors are favored by four and a half points in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Golden State uh, leading the series two games to love, and uh, then there'll be Game 4 on Friday, and that could be it. And if not, you got to wait till Sunday for, for Game number 5. Now, we had a baseball blow-up of epic proportions. This is in San Francisco. The Phillies get swept by the Gigantes. I was trying to find audio on this, and I have I have let you down. I have not found any audio. I've not found anything uh, recorded. I know there's got to be someone that recorded this. I'm assuming that it'll see the light of day later today. We'll get it. But Jake Arietta, he went off his rocker, ranting and raving, huffing and puffing in the visitors' locker room in San Francisco after the. Philadelphia Phillies became the answer to a baseball trivia question. Check this out. The lone run the Giants gave up to the Phillies, the lone run the Phillies scored, was a home run by Jake Arrieta. And this is the first time in the history of baseball that a team held an opponent to one run, and the only run that was scored was a home run by the pitcher. First time it's ever happened. Now, the the Phillies didn't play like that against the Dodgers. They looked pretty. What's up with that? They why couldn't they play like that against the Dodgers? I don't understand. Uh, anyway, uh, Jake Arrieta went off. He said, "I worked too hard for this stuff." Uh, he said, "I think there was a curse word there." We need some accountability. The Philadelphia Philly rental said, "All the way around, everybody from top to bottom." Arrieta ranted, "If there is not, I'll make sure there is." Look at this tough guy. How about that? Uh, Jake Arrieta had a, a 0.90 ERA in May, and he was ranting and raving. He's, he ripped the defensive shifts. He, he really, when you're ripping the defensive shifts, you're ripping the manager. Are you not right? Isn't that you're taking a shot at Gabe Kapler, the Philadelphia Phillies manager? Uh, Kapler defended himself. He says, "I don't believe in cheap home runs." Uh, and Arias said, we had bad defensive shifts. We're the worst in the league in shifts. How about that? A great debate about defensive shifts in baseball. That's good talk radio, isn't it? Yeah. Now, remember, Jake Arietta was on the scrap heap last year with the Cubs. Like They, they, they chose Chan Ho Park, the gutless wonder, Chan Ho Park, the worst big game pitcher in the history of baseball, Chan Ho Park, and the Cubs chose that guy over Jake Arrieta. Don't! And I'm sure Jake Arrieta, because of all the leafy greens that he's been eating here, he's bounced back and he's pitched very well the first couple months of the baseball season. But that Philly team, they were playing over their heads the first part of the year. They're, they're, they're a you know, 500 team or so. That's not a team that's going to be in a playoff position by the end of the year. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.